rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Welcome. How's it going, guys? Yes, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. We meet usually at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels on Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. And, yeah, become a patron. That's your orders. You got your orders. One is become a patron. The other one is... What else? What's the other one? Um, give the show a good review on iTunes. That's it. And show up. Become a friend, not just a patron. Come and hang out with us. We do our regular show on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. That is the standard. Then we do some weekday specials. They are they could happen any night. Tonight, it's happening on a Wednesday. I was going to do the show yesterday. I was just, honestly, I was exhausted. I was effing tired. And I needed to, I needed to go to sleep. I wanted to be unconscious more than I wanted to do the show. I needed to be unconscious. It's not that I wanted to. I needed it. Sometimes we are, we want to be unconscious. And I know, I think about life a lot. Life is short. And then I think, well, I'll be unconscious a long time someday. So... Seize the day. Seize the evening, as it may be. But sometimes you're just damn tired. It is exhausting living in the United States of serfs and lords and sharing the same air as Trumpanzees, who are morons, dupes, idiots. I don't know what's worse, a useful idiot or a useless idiot. I don't know. It's tough enough. Living during a crisis, but having an orange parasite squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes, propagandizing, using every afternoon the daily briefing for an, as an opportunity to be dragged, to, to drag, not be dragged, he's not dragging himself, we're being dragged through his manias every afternoon. I don't know why. Why does the corporate media insist on doing this? Um, is it? I have no idea. What is the point? Is that what the founders had in mind when they enshrined the, not the media, but they enshrined journalism, the free press into our constitution, the only constitutionally protected profession? They didn't constitutionally protect, I don't know, Doctors, lawyers, or podcast hosts. They didn't do that. They enshrined journalists. The only profession necessary, vital for democracy. What does vital mean? It means you cannot live without it. There is no democracy without a free press. What is MSNBC doing? What are... I mean, I know what the effing... Fox News propagandists are doing. They are propagandists. That's why the founders put that in the 
in the Constitution because they understood that it's important. That's why any fascist regime, the first thing they do is take over the press. They take over the media because you, uh, because propaganda works. Um, what is the point? You know, I used to criticize Fox News for have. I mean, the the fact is they have the they have the lowest um, the lowest budget for news gathering is Fox News. I I don't know if that's changed as far as other news so called news operations because now. Who knows what MSNBC's news gathering budget is? I don't know. I haven't seen those later latest statistics. But Fox News proved that you don't need to be a news gathering organization because all they do is get the memo from the Republican National Committee, the talking points, and that's and they repeat it every. Right-wing hosts would get this memo, the, the talking points, and they would repeat it incessantly. I don't know what MSNBC's news-gathering budget is. What are they doing? What is the point of sitting in a room with a con man as he espouses what? Lies. People are, they think it's a hoax. They still think it's a hoax. I just got a text from somebody that I know, and this is in New York. Here in New York, we're not in, not in some bumfuck Kansas town. New York, someone, she said that she was at the store buying some groceries, and there was some gigantic moron behind her obviously, but, or maybe he was in front of her, whatever. So she, they were online. She witnessed this interaction. The cashier, she said, the, the guy said to the cashier, how come you're not bagging my groceries? And she said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't because of the coronavirus. We're not allowed to bag your groceries now. You have to bag your own effing groceries, you, you lazy, scum-sucking, trump dupe. She didn't say that, but... And he chastised this poor cashier, saying how ridiculous it was. It was overblown by the corp. By the, he didn't say corporate media. He said the lying media or the fake news, ha- ha- harassing this per- person, this poor person. Meanwhile, here in New York, there's trucks parked on the side of the road. Out of outside the hospitals, these are refrigerated makeshift morgues. This piece of wasted human DNA harassing this poor person who is on the front lines. Does she have to deal with the coronavirus and worrying about catching it, but also having to catch the attitude of an unleashed Trumpanzee? How? Why? How are we sharing the same air, the, sh- the same reality? We're not. We're not. We may be sharing the same air, but we are sharing this. We're not sharing the same reality. That's certainly for sure. And I said to my friend, well, you know what? Good. Maybe this is the answer to all our prayers. Culling the herd. Natural selection. 
the stupid. That isn't that natural selection. If you're dumb enough to not to to be the eager dupe of a con man, to not listen to your own lying eyes as you see what's going on in the city, but don't take those precautions. Then that's all I could say to this trumpanzee. Do us a favor. Because really, when you think about it, has there ever been a Trumpanzee or any, any iteration of a Trumpanzee, whether that be your average run-of-the-mill Republican fiscal conservative or Reagan whatever, uh, uh, Reagan, I, know, I was going to say Reagan Democrat, but then I thought of my father, but uh, I was going to say... That's another story. But has there any been ever been any one of these iterations of conservatism that have brought anything to the table? Have they ever enhanced society? Have they ever given back to their community without taking, 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 expecting, expecting? So like this person, this this doltard this Fox News victim slash viewer harassing this poor cashier. What I mean, what does this person do? This person's on the front lines. What has this Trump done? And who who's going to miss him? Okay, get the coronavirus. My only my only regret there is that that doltard might take the a ventilator from somebody who actually is a meaningful human being, who gives to his fellow humans, who's not a taker, not just a taker, but someone who is who stands in front of progress, who, in the midst of a crisis, decides to, what, make it worse? Go away, Trumpanzies. Do us a favor. Please, own the libs. You got us all triggered. Look how triggered I am. Do me a favor and go out and touch your faces, Trumpanzies. Get together, shake hands, have a rally, talk about how wonderful your uh, dim leader is. Please, get together with each other, share, drink out of the same Kool-Aid cup for all I care. Do the world a favor. Don't follow our instructions. Don't follow that silly science and reality. It's overblown. It has such a liberal bias, after all. But do us a favor. That's really the best that a Trump and Z can do, is to take themselves out of the equation. And if they're not, if it doesn't go to the ultimate conclusion, perhaps they'll see the light. Really, because a Trump and Z, a Republican, a conservative, a fascist, never sees the light unless something affects them directly. That's just the way it is. They are the center of the universe. The center of the universe is a very crowded place filled with Republicans. They think they're the center of the universe, but they never offer anything. That's what's so ironic. They think the world revolves around them. But has there ever been a conservative, a Trump fancy that has brought something to humanity, that has made the world a better place? Everything. It's hard enough. 
in this civilization right now. But we also have to contend with these effing Trump and Z's, the ignoramuses amongst us, who propelled this orange parasite into the White House. A con man who knew that this was coming. This is the thing. They, they're giving him high marks. Oh, what a leader. A leader who watches television to see how his propaganda is, is working. Or should he change the angle of the propaganda somehow? That's all he does. The, a leader who knew that this pandemic was coming and failed. Failed to do anything about it. Failed to stockpile ventilators or equipment or protective gear. Telling the doctors on the front line to wash out their masks, put the, bake them in the oven. This is what they're doing. Unbelievable. So, but they're all over the place. Go, go. Why? I don't care. See, this is what I mean. If you want to trigger me, go out and touch your faces. I want you to touch each other's faces. Look into each other's eyes, caress each other's faces, and say what a, how beautiful you all are to each other in a world filled with so many triggered libs. Triggered by reality and, and you know, and uh, truth. It has such a liberal bias. So trigger me. I want you to go out and get together with all your pals. All of them. Please. I don't know. Because uh, I also saw this article... About how this is actually happening. I'm being facetious, but it's true. That right-wingers are getting together because they want to own the libs. I don't see the problem with that. As long as they stick with each other. They don't infect normal people. I call that natural selection. Isn't that the point of natural selection? The dum-dums take themselves out? They're so stupid. They don't get to procreate because they don't survive because they're stupid. And maybe they are their ancestors or their their protégés or whatever, their the fut- their progeny never comes to fruition because they're they're stupid and they're gone. And they don't infect the DNA, the gene pool with their ignorant eagerness to be the dupe of a con man. So, according to the Atlantic, <sighs> McKay Copens, I believe. I don't know how you pronounce it. The social distancing culture war has begun. Across the country, social distancing is morphing from a public health to a political act. The consequences could be disastrous. Really? For whom? Not for the normal people of the earth. Because I'm, like, happy about this. I don't know. Call me callous. They do it to themselves. You know, this is the party of personal responsibility. We know that they only stick to that motto when they're trying to deny people health care or an education or a living wage or a retirement security. But this is the party of personal responsibility. Take responsibility for your stupidity 
take the consequences. Take the sting of the lash of the consequences that you made possible through your ignoramus lifestyle. That's it. That's a choice. That is a lifestyle choice. The lifestyles of the stupid and duped. Of the perpetually stupid and duped. And they think that they're the ones, that's what's so funny, that they think that they're the ones that are, they see reality. They've taken the red pill. We're all a bunch of, uh, we're all duped. We're the ones who are duped. Look at us wearing masks and washing our hands. Uh, don't. They, these Trump Z's, I can't imagine. Half of them, I'm sure, aren't very up on their hygiene anyway. But according to this article in The Atlantic, for Jeff Frost, the first sign of the coronavirus culture war came last weekend on the golf course. His country club, located in an affluent suburb of Atlanta, had recently introduced a slew of new policies to encourage social distancing. The communal water jugs were gone. The restaurant was closed and the golfers had been asked to limit themselves to one person per cart. Frost, a 43-year-old Democrat, told me the club's mix of younger liberals and older conservatives had always, always gotten along just fine. But the guidelines were proving divisive. At the driving range, while Frost and his like-minded friends slathered on hand sanitizer and kept six feet apart, the white-haired Republicans seemed to delight in breaking the new rules. They made a show of shaking hands and complained loudly about the stupid hoax being propagated by virus alarmists. When their tea times were up, they piled defiantly into golf carts, shoulder to shoulder, and sped off towards the first hole. Thank you. Good work. That's what I said. Keep it up, fellas. Show us what you got. Keep it up. Because these younger, normal, liberal people, we need them. But you're done. We don't need you anymore. Show us what you got. You're strong. I saw the Twitler's Mania review today, or some of it. I think it's still going on, frankly. And he was saying, oh, he knows somebody who has it. A very strong man. Such a strong, one of his strong businessmen friends. You know, some grifter like himself. It doesn't matter, strong. What's strong to Twitler? Because it's opposite. Whatever actual strength is... It's the opposite. Being a greedy, little, money-centered grifter who cares nothing but uh, about uh, anything except adding another zero to your balance sheet, that's what Twitler thinks is strength, but that's actually weakness in, in reality. But, so, good. He's a strong, he's strong. Go for it, then. Have good luck trying to breathe. Doesn't matter. So Frost felt conflicted. He wanted to encourage the men, some of whom he'd known for years, to be more careful. I care about their well-being, he told me, but it's a tough call, just personally, because it's become a political thing. Yeah, this is where we live now. Thank you. Thanks, 
all of you, I'm, not, I'm talking about Republicans, I'm talking about DLC Democrats, they created this reality. Thank you, Bill Clinton, for deregulating the media. Let's go to ground zero. That's exactly why we have a Fox News and we have a Rush Limbaugh. It's the DLC Democrats who gave us these silos of information. And it's about time we got to call out the, the uh, give responsibility where responsibility lies. This, everyone in this country, not all of not us, not normal people, they don't have an institutional memory. It's like nothing, everything they did is like, it's like the first day. They have, they take no responsibility for the things that have all of, all of the sudden there's, um, the United States has more people in prison than any other country on earth. All of the sudden, the United States is the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap. All of the sudden, one third of the American people can't retire. Uh, all of the sudden, uh, well, I wonder why. Where did that come from? Oh, well, we, was it just Republicans? All of the sudden, I don't know, it's amazing to listen to Democrats and Republicans. Of course, Republicans are liars, but I'm tired of listening to these wine cave Democrats cry about things, about the divided country and the uh, silos that we live in. We're so divided. When they created the division, they helped it. We're divided because they divided us up. They made us this dumbass country where instead of fighting for the working class and the policies that we needed that cultivated democracy, what do you think would have happened? We know, we're not stupid. If I, if I could figure it out as an undergrad in uh, studying a commu- for a communications degree in uh, the City University of goddamn New York, then they figured it out. Bill Clinton knew what was going to happen when they deregulated the media with the Telecommunications Act. So, you know what I mean? If I could figure it out as a goddamn undergrad in the City Uni- goddamn University, they knew what was happening, but they didn't care. They knew the consequence. Oh, oh, that's one of my big regrets, Bill Clinton said. Yeah, nobody ever knew. They could never imagine, right? Like when they gave George Bush the okay to go invade a country that didn't attack us. Oh, I made a mistake. They knew. They only made a mistake in hindsight because it's politically unpalatable now. That's the problem. If this was a different time, let's say, they'd still be justifying it. It all depends on the political expedience. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. Kids, children, babies, infants know right from wrong inherently. They've done studies on infants and fairness. And infants, when things aren't divvied up fairly, they get upset without even being taught what's fair and what's not fair without having the language to vocalize it. Infants understand what's right and what's wrong. What is fair? 
they have a um, an inherent drive towards fairness. Most infants, most normal people, because most human beings have we have these things installed in us as it's part of our nature because we're supposed to be interdependent. We're supposed to have empathy for each other. We are supposed to be each other's keepers. We look out for each other because that's the way this, our, our uh, humanity thrives together. Other species don't have that. They don't have the same chemicals, that bonding chemical, because that's not how they were made. They don't need it. We were made to be interdependent. We understand that. When things aren't equitable, it's upsetting inherently. But that's why they got to come in because everything is inherently inequitable now. But they come in and they propagandize. And here we, go, here we are. We, we're, we're living in New York City. People are dying. We're the epicenter of this virus, and there, the, the entire city is shut down, and there are makeshift morgue trucks on the side of the road, and we still have Trumpanzees decrying reality. Anyway, that, that's Bill Clinton. That's the Telecommunications Act. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. When you have to fight through you, the, the uh, reality to get to somebody's actual, to, to, to get the fucking information in. Oh, God. Jesus, F and S. God damn it. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't have one second to say hello to everybody. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find you. Where'd you go? Mamma mia. In the meantime, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you. We hang out here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And then we do our RDT Daily. Uh, I don't know. We do some weekday specials. Those are up in the air. If you'd like the show to be a uh, more consistent show you have to become a patron that's just the way it is we don't have the mercer family we don't have billionaires backing us we only have each other so i cannot do this by myself this is a this is your show too and i want to thank you patricia i see you with the super chat L's 214 Super Chat. Thanks. What did you say here? Thanks. My heart and soul can't take it. I hope you're doing well. Yes. I know. Mine can't either. Thank you, Shannon. Super Chat. I thought I somebody else super chatted. and I'm, it, it goes by quickly. I, I've explained this before. I, you guys know, for those who haven't heard... When you super chat, if I don't see it when it comes in, it disappears. So if you super chat and then I don't see it, it's uh, hard to find until the show is over. I, I won't be able to see who super chatted. I know Shannon, Els, and 
See, not everybody. Where is it? Patricia. And then um, it's supposed to. There's supposed to be a tweet that goes out and says thank you for everyone who super chats. But sometimes it doesn't go out. Anyway. Anyway, where was I? You guys know. You, you're good sports. You have to be to watch this show. You got to be a good sport. You have to be very, you know, understanding. All right. Let's see. It's become a political thing. Back to that article. For a brief moment earlier this month, it seemed as if social distancing might be one of one new part of American life that wasn't polarizing along party lines. Well, thank you, Bill Clinton, again. Schools were closed in red states and blue. People across the political spectrum retreated into their homes. Though President Donald Trump ugh, had played down the pandemic, at first he was starting to take the threat more seriously. Oh, God, please. And his media allies followed suit. Reminders to wash your hands and avoid crowds became commonplace on both Fox News and MSNBC. Yes, because they're two, you know, both sides. One is for the right, one is for the left. Give me a break. MSNBC is for the corporate media. The, the, it is the corporate media. It's for the elites, just like Fox News is. We know that. Please don't ever tell me, after this last election cycle... The whole, the, the way that MSNBC incessantly attacked Bernie, nonstop, the lies every day, the attacks, the mocking him. I've never seen anything like it. But of course, I, I didn't, I mean, what was I surprised about? Clearly, the problem is they don't mind corporatism. They want you to be confused that corporatism is democracy, but it's not. They want you to be okay with the fact that the United States is the least upwardly mobile. That we, they want you to be okay with the fact that millions of Americans have no health care. They want you to be more concerned about you, worried about what you're going to lose. That's why they take the stance about with, as far as health care. All of the sudden, so concerned about unions, about how the unions negotiated these great health care plans, and they're going to be taken away by everyone having health care. Could you imagine that? I don't know how you could take something away by giving something to every fucking person, but, you know, they got theirs. That's the American way. There is no e pluribus unum. Give me a break with this e-, e pluribus unum shit. And they want you to be okay with that. That's the whole purpose of MSNBC and the corporate media, the so-called liberal media. If only it was the liberal media. The liberal media gets no play. This is the liberal media. You're looking at the liberal media. I'm not, I don't just say that. We know that's the truth. That's why we have to ask for patrons. You don't see MSNBC asking for patrons. They got their corporate cushy cushions. They got executives earning millions of dollars. 
And the sick part is, is that even those executives, the million dollar executives, if the little person had a, a better, more equitable distribution, more equitable piece of the pie, these millionaires would still be okay. They would still have their millions. They would be fine. And they would also have the added benefit and pleasure of knowing that they live in a country where they could be a rich person in a rich country instead of a rich person in a poor country. How they think it's okay that, they, that millions of Americans have nothing, that they're living check to check, that they have no money in the bank. And we see now when you have to lock down civilization that people are hanging by a thread. They have no savings. Of course not. They, don't, they can't handle a $400 emergency. That's not okay. That's not a functioning democracy. Jesus Christ. Let me get, I'll finish this article. But I was so annoyed today, as I am most days, but watching corporate media. Of course, this faux concern about the first responders and so appreciative of the people on the front lines. You're so effing appreciative that you don't want them to have health care? Health care? I'm so sick of it with these fake wine cave fake Dems tweeting about everybody should know that the coronavirus, um, no one should worry about money and everyone should get tested and everyone, like, fuck you. Yes, of course. Oh, only for this disease, though. Everybody should get tested. It's a disgrace. It's, uh, everyone with coronavirus deserves to get treatment. Yeah, well, what about everybody with cancer? They don't deserve it? What about diabetes? They don't deserve it? Sickening. The sickening, disgusting, the, I I don't even know, what's the word? The way that they divide us up. And come on, give me a break. I'm assuming if people are Democrats, if they are identifying themselves as Democrats, then that these are people that care. At least they want to pretend to care. I'm assuming that they, that they somewhat have empathy for other human beings. Well, I'm asking them to expand on that. And stop looking at themselves as, uh, as the uh, end-all and be-all of life and, not, and, and pretending that wearing a pink scarf is uh, resistance. I'm asking them to really wake the F up and be a real Democrat. And that means leaving no one behind and understanding uh, if you're willing to go out uh, in the, on a women's march. Oh, I'll meet you at the women's march. And wear your pink scarf. Well, you should be willing to put your goddamn body on the line for real. You're so appreciative of your first responders. Well, the EMTs in this town, in New York effing city, the, one of the most expensive cities on earth, 
where uh, I guess it is really the uh, a city of serfs and lords because EMTs, you know how much they make? The first responders on the front lines, the EMTs for the city, they, they start at $16 an hour. You tell me where you can get a room in New York City for $16 an hour. That is disgusting. So don't tell me you're so appreciative. You know what, Nicole Wallace? You're so appreciative. She was telling me today, not me, not me personally, but all her corporate Lickspittle fans, I guess. I don't know. Who's got fans? She's got fans? They were all like, oh, I can't wait. Nicole Wallace is on. She's like the Willie Geist of, of Nicole Wallace's. And saying how she um, made a point to go and talk to her postal worker or meet her delivery person and how wonderful it is. Re- oh, thank you, m'lady. Well, why don't you, instead of applauding them, fight, use your platform to fight for living wages for these people, for retirement security, so they don't have to live check to check or live in their mama's basement while they're out there on the front lines. They can actually have a decent middle-class life because I don't know where they live. I'm sure Nicole Wallace has a very nice apartment somewhere in New York with a doorman and a nice gym in the apartment and laundry all service there. And she's got, you know, everything set up. But the, the, the people that she's so appreciative of, you tell me where they can get a room in New York for $15 an hour. Tell us how appreciative you are, Nicole, by using your platform to fight, to actually do something good. Not just say, oh, hurrah. I'm so appreciative. Well, F you, put it in a paycheck. Show us. Don't tell us. Show us. Do something. Use your platform. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. This is why we are where we are. All this fake, fake ass resistance. Fake? What are we resisting? What's resistance mean? When the covers have been pulled off of this dysfunctional system, thanks coronavirus. We should really thank the coronavirus for that. But come on. Are we going to go back to normal? What's normal? Back to a world where we don't have sick leave, we don't have universal health care, we don't have retirement security, we don't have sick pay. Other countries on earth, uh, if you are a worker in England, you, it doesn't matter, you work for McDonald's or you work for whatever, uh, Bear, Bear Stearns, or whatever, I don't even know. Some big-ass company. You get, Pat, 30 days off, period. It's That's a federal right. For In England, you know, where they have a goddamn queen and all. <sighs> Mama mia. 
<sighs> Calmness. I don't need to be calm. Why should I be calm? Why am I arguing with myself? Calm? We should all not be calm. Use this as the opportunity. Turn this, this goddamn uh, crisis into an opportunity to push. Push for this shit. For real. Not just for coronavirus. No, we don't need sick leave just for coronavirus. We need sick leave for good, for period, end of sentence, forever, for everyone. We don't just need, um, I mean, this whole bailout thing that they, so many people are not getting a goddamn effing thing. But, you know, that's how we do it now. Subsidies up the wazoo for only for a few. If you're really on the balls of your ass, they'll throw a subsidy at you. But they're not going to fix the system. And they're not going to do anything that gives us any first or any inkling to think that we're in this together. So people in the middle class... Anybody under anybody who makes under $99,000 a year will get a check. Well, try renting some uh, uh, an apartment in New York for under $99,000 with that salary. You can't. You can't. So, these people they're they, they this is what they have done to us. They turned the middle class so people who are a little higher on the ladder, they made it so they resent. Uh, once again, it's happening again with this giveaway. They resent those lower on the ladder instead of pointing their anger where it belongs at the top, at the elites, the ones really riding us to the bank, all of us. So they throw these subsidies at those lower on the ladder and it creates, it creates the friction where people are, they get resentful against, not against the system, against those who are taking advantage. Oh, and who's taking advantage? Oh, it's the poor. It's those who are, are, are you know, lower. Do you think that's not by design? Why wouldn't they just say, everybody, leave no one behind? That's the way Bernie wanted it, regardless. If this, and thank you, Bernie, for fighting for independent contractors, freelancers, gig workers, all these fucking new categories of workers that have the, the, uh, the feudal lords in the, in the corporate boardrooms, they're all salivating. This is exactly the kind of system they want. Until they can get rid of all the their, I guess, I mean, what would you call this? Their staff people. They they want gig workers. They don't want to have to hire anyone. For real? That's a nuisance. They want to have gigs. So they could so they could cut it off. I I was I I think I was telling you guys this person I know. His um you know, one of his exes or whatever is a very, they're friends, whatever. But this guy has um, Parkinson's or something, like a debilitating illness. And he's 
he can't work, he can't walk, and he's living by himself, but he gets help, he has a home health aid, he has, um, whatever, a lot of stuff. He had things uh, like an electric wheelchair, all this stuff, but it was because he had a very good job. This is what my friend was telling me. Oh, he's so lucky. He had... He worked for this big company, and he had a, a very good package, a retirement package, and he took an early retirement, and he's very fortunate. And I was, I was telling, he's telling me this, and I was like, well, that's great for him, but what about the millions of others? You know, right now, there's someone driving an Uber who's, I don't know, got Parkinson's. Maybe it's not developed yet. It's coming. What's that fucking guy going to do? Or purse or gal? What are they going to do? That's the way it is. This is why we have to do this for each other. We can't depend on our lords and ladies in the in the private sector. Give me a break. Look at what's going on now. With the st- with Twitler and the ventilators, apparently, as Governor Cuomo was describing, because Twitler's such an inept con man who has who can't negotiate his way out of a paper bag, who sucks, who who didn't prepare at all. He has he has the states bidding um, all these private contractors for um, a bidding up the the um the ventilators what kind of shit ass system is that that's why you need the effing federal government to come in and say we're fucking buying this bitch and they distribute it fairly and equitably amongst the states not just whoever sucks twitler's ass but that's what's going on in this country. That's your private sector. While people are struggling to breathe and dying, they're having a bidding war amongst the states for ventilators. What a fucking vile world. Are you serious? That's not going on in England. That's not going on with the NHS. No, because they are, they have a national health system. They don't have a private ghoul sweeping in and sucking the life out of you. You think about the celebrations in the in the halls of Etna right now. High five. Oh well, we got a social distance. <laughs> Fuckers. Somebody celebrating that with there's a goddamn pandemic? Oh, yeah, happy days are here again. Yeah. How disgusting. Is there anything more useless than a private health insurance racket? But it's this country. Give me a break. That's why you want a federal government to go in and say, you're... Going to this is this is what it's going to cost. You're going to make these ventilators, and this is what we're going to pay. You don't have states bidding against each other, but that's how the free market works, Bubby. Right? Um, that's what Twitler says. It's supposed to be oh, all for the best. The free market will work it out. 
while you're struggling to breathe. If only, please, God, if there is a God, please let the, let the consequences fall on the, on the fucking necks of these Trumpanzies. Let them be the ones who, wanna, who, who are struggling to breathe but can't. Because Twitler, because their, their dim leader said it was a miracle. It's going to disappear like a miracle. And he's too busy sucking president, so-called president. Who's a president? I don't know what a president is. That's not a president who's, um, who's elected for life. That's not a fucking president. But, you know, President Xi, Twitler and President Xi got a good relationship. We, we got a really great relationship. Well, funny enough, that's not how it's supposed to work. Oh, you have such a great relationship. This isn't um, uh, fucking Middle Ages in Europe, whether Twitler realizes it or not. Oh, we have such a great relationship. He has such a great relationship with President, so-called President Xi, President for Life Xi, that he sent all of our, all of our, um, our emergency equipment to Xi. Look what I could do, Xi. See, can I have a nice deal on a hotel now? That's how he works. Twitler. And the Republicans are, I don't know what we did in a past life to deserve this. But this sure is some fucking heavy-ass karma coming down. Oh my god, I hate them. If only they were the ones, though. If only they felt the sting of their policies. But normal people, decent people, are going to feel it too. That's what upsets me the most. Oh, my God. We got some nice people in the chat. Oh, thank you, Stephen Lee, with a wonderful super chat. Very generous. Thank you. I don't want to make you feel bad, but I, I told you I was watching a show. This guy who does, well, he does scam baiting. It's very entertaining. And he was getting super chats. I kid you, I'm going to take a screen grab next time. I'm not telling, I know that we're only liberals. So we're, we're we do what we can. But he was getting like $500 super chats. I am not kidding you. I was like, who is this person's audience? 500, a uh, 100. I swear, I'm going to take a screen grab next time I see that show. Thank you, Mark and Jim. Of course. You guys are great. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just saying I was in shock. I was like, who has that kind of money that they can just super chat $500 to somebody? And it's not the first time I've seen it. So, I don't know. I guess he has some rich fans. All right, let's continue with this article. Where was I? I'll just begin here. For, for a brief moment earlier this month, it seemed as if social distancing might be one of one a, a new part of American life that wasn't polarized along party lines. And for those of you who just joined us, I'm reading this article from The Atlantic. It's about how the 
right wingers are are owning the libs by violating quarantine rules and breaking social social distancing rules all that because they think it's a it's a big democrat hoax even though it's democratic it's not a hoax but we know um and i say good that's my point of view i say please do please break break more go out Go to a park, roll a do whatever the fuck you got to do. Get together. And by all means, touch each other's faces. Shake hands, touch faces. I don't care. Lick your faces. And then pass, pass a, touch it, hands, shaking, whatever. Put your fingers in each other's fucking mouths. Do it. Show me. I want to be owned. I want to be triggered. You see how triggered I am now? Wait till I sh- when I see that. I'm going to be so triggered. I I can't wait to see it. I'll be so triggered. I'll be I'll be dancing. Happy days are here again. We might have a chance then. Humanity will you'll be doing humanity a favor. It's survival of the fittest. Natural selection. We don't need stupid people. We have so many. This human race is really diverse when it comes to stupidity. There's all kinds of stupidity, but we're we're capable of so much, uh, so much good, so many amazing things. Right now, we have satellites exploring distant planets, and we also have Glenn Beck. You know what I mean? And we also have dum-dums in a supermarket yelling at a goddamn cashier that she's not bagging his groceries because the coronavirus hoax. Oh, fake news, fake news, fake news. Fuck off, please. I hope this guy is out doing everything that he needs to do. I hope he's riding the subway. I hope he's licking the poles on the subway. Please. Of course, he wouldn't be anywhere near any hospitals or volunteering anywhere because I think if I ever saw a Trump entity doing anything of value or contributing in any way to civilization, I, that might be a first. I know I'd faint, frankly. So I can pretty much guarantee he's not at um, he's not at any uh, anywhere where he can help. He's just being a dick somewhere. He's probably at his home right now, watching Fox News, jerking off to a picture of Twitter, uh, into a flag. I'm sure he's using the flag to wipe himself up, and because that's patriotism. That's what you do. He loves America, right? I mean, loves. For real. So schools were closed in red states and blue. People across the political spectrum retreated into into their homes. Though, I can't even say this word, President Donald Trump. Are you kidding me? Sometimes I just have to stop and absorb that. President Donald Trump? Really? That's like saying President Daffy fucking Duck. President Woody Woodpecker. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but okay. 
um, had played down the pandemic at first. He was he was starting to take the threat more seriously, and his media allies followed suit. Reminders to wash your hands, to avoid crowds, became commonplace on Fox News and MSNBC. Fuck you. Okay, well, I went through that whole rant. All right. Those who chose to ignore this guidance, the spring breakers clogging beaches, the revelers on Bourbon Street appeared to do so for apolitical reasons. For the most part, it seemed everyone was on the same page. The consensus didn't last long. Trump, having apparently grown impatient with all the quarantines and lockdowns, began last week to call for a quick return to business, business as usual. We cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. He tweeted in characteristics, <laughs> caps lock. Speaking to Fox News, he added that he would love to see businesses and churches, churches reopened by Easter. <sighs> oh, my God. Though Trump would later walk that back. The comments set off a familiar sequence. Uh, where is it? Where am I? A Democratic backlash, a pile on in the press. And a rush in MAGA world to defend the president. And here comes my special guest star. Come on. I see you. Come on. What are you doing? Come on. Come. Junior. You come or not? All right. It's like he stopped on the edge of the chair to think about it. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, Tara Junior Junior is in the house. <laughs> well, he's a house cat. Where else could he be? All right. Where am I? As the coronavirus now emerges as another front in the culture war, social distancing has come to be viewed in some quarters as a political act, a way to signal which side you're on. Some of the more brazen departures from public health consensus have carried a whiff of right-wing performance art. Jerry Falwell Jr., an outspoken Trump ally and president of Evangelical Liberty University, made headlines this week for inviting students back to campus over objections of, from local officials. The conservative website The Federalist published a trollish piece proposing chickenpox parties as a model for strategically spreading the coronavirus. Oh, man, I missed that. That's a great idea, Trumpanzies. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I hope they follow that advice, really. They give each other coronavirus? Go for it! Throughout the conservative media, calls to reopen the economy, even if it means sacrificing the sick and elderly, are gaining traction. I would rather die than kill the country. Glenn Beck declared on his radio show, those of us who are 70-plus will take care of ourselves, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said on Fox News. Dennis Prager, a conservative commentator, even compared outbreak mitigation efforts to Nazi appeasement. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing and hilarious. I hope they, they, they do what they're saying. That's the other thing. Please, we know what big, big talkers these mother monsters are. They're not mother, they're not mothers. Mothers are nice. They're monsters. They're and they're the they're the they're the mothers of monsters too. Have 
think about think about Donald Trump's mother. Ew. What's she unleashed on this world? What kind of a what what kind of disgusting human being creates a Donald Trump effing junior? Ugh. And all of her other grifter children too. Even that that uh, bitch of a judge daughter, Trump's sister, is another grifter. She just retired from being a judge because she was going to be investigated for all, one of her many scams that she was involved in with Twitler. She was involved with him in his inflated in, um, invoice scam. That's what they were investigating. So she retired because once a judge retires, they automatically um, stop the investigation It's into ethics. That's what they were investigating. Unfortunately, they, they should have investigated it her or whatever it decades ago but whatever uh this dynamic is playing out in small ways across the country brett a sales representative from plano texas who asked that i not use his last name proudly told me how unfazed he and his conservative neighbors were by the threat of an outbreak i hope yay yay I told you, somebody wrote me and they, they said, um, can't you do some good news once in a while? Here you go. This is good news. This is my good news story. In his view, the recent wave of government-mandated lockdowns was a product of panic-mongering in the mainstream media, and he welcomed Trump's call for businesses to be reopened by Easter Please reopen. Yay. I'm excited by this. Where's I want to where's that other video I I made with Trump and Easter. That makes me happy. I wanted to play it. Let me see. Trump. Beep 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 pop 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 pop. I'm trying to find it. Where is it? Hmm. We got that. <clears throat> God damn it. Hmm. Sorry, I can't find it. Anyway, I shouldn't have teased it. I'll try to find it. Whether I asked, uh, when I asked whether the virus had interfered with his lifestyle, Brett laughed. <laughs> uh, I'm going down to the shooting range tomorrow. Yay! So it's going to be all over the shooting range. Woo! I hope he rents out a gun and, I don't know, maybe they bring their own. I don't know how shooting range works, but I hope that they share a lot of metal objects. That would be amazing. I, I'm playing this theme song. <laughs> That's what I should play. That's my happy song or something. I don't know. Actually, what I was trying to find this stupid video. Anyway, whatever. I I need an executive producer. That's why I say become a patron. 
because I could say, get that fucking Easter video ready, please. And I won't have to sit here going through videos. You guys don't even know what I look at. So many folders open and it's just a lot. My eyes, they get full. I cannot look at another thing. And I'm, it's looks all, it's everything. Everything looks all mixed together. But I don't know. I, uh, I'm pissed off at myself. I can't find that video. Everything in life is timing, especially, you know, comedy. So when I, it would have been so much better if I had the video on hand. Now everybody's probably like, shut up about the fucking video. Hmm. Okay, let me continue. Here we are. Let's see. Uh, was he worried his friends might disapprove if they found out? No, he told me. Around here, I get much more people saying, why don't you go on Saturday so I can go too? Terry Trahan, a manager at a cult cult cutlery store in Lubbock, Texas, acknowledged that a certain... Toxic tribalism was informing people's attitudes towards the pandemic. If someone's a Democrat, they're going to say it's worse, he told me. And if someone's a Republican, they're going to say it's bad, but it's getting better. Well, because that's what Twit Twitler's saying to them. They're nothing but followers. As an immunocompromised cancer survivor, Trey Han said he's familiar with common sense social, social distancing practices but as a conservative, he's become convinced that many Democrats are so invested in the idea of the virus will be disastrous that they're pushing for a prolonged, unnecessary shutdown in pursuit of vindication. Okay, yeah, all those dead bodies lined up, waiting to go into the, the refrigerated tr makeshift morgues around Elmhurst Hospital. It's all a hoax. Don't believe your lion eyes. All right, Junior. Where are we? Among experts, there's a firm consensus that social distancing is essential to containing the spread of the virus. And they weren't, weren't warn that politicizing the practice could have a dangerous ramification. This is a pandemic and shouldn't be played with as a skirmish on a neighborhood playground. Dina Borowitz, a professor at the University of Maryland School of Public Health, recently told uh, that for a moment at least, the scientists have brought the president around yesterday Trump announced he was extending social distancing guidances until April. Of uh, the end of April. Of course, not everyone who flouts social distancing is making a political statement. Many have to work because they can't afford not to. Others are acting out of ignorance or wishful thinking. Beyond personal behavior, there is a legitimate debate to be had about how to balance economic demands while combating a global pandemic. Well, uh, ain't gonna be no economy when you're dead. The excuses are, uh, it's, it's unreal. What's the point if you're dead? But, 
That's okay. As if they want to sacrifice them, themselves, go. Please, Glenn Beck, come out of your basement and go. Go. Go to a rally. Have a fucking rally. Have, form a rally. Do a meet, meet up, meet and greet with your fans. What are you waiting for? I don't understand. There's such all talk. All this talk about a hoax, but no action. Join your friends at the gun range. And that other guy, all of them, get in a cart, shake each other's hands, do it. My God, do us a favor. But heaven, please, when you get the virus, don't think that you get the ventilators. First come, first serve, Bubby. You, if you're in your 60s or 70s, oh well. Twitler didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to stockpile ventilators. He didn't want to get the people uh, manufacturing the ventilators. Because it, it was a miracle. It was going to disappear. Just like a miracle. Like, uh, just like miracle, like uh, everything else, like Twitler's um, Trump Network vitamins, the miracle of Trump Network vitamins, of pissing into a Trump-labeled bottle and sending it off to a sham lab to concoct some kind of non-FDA-approved drug cocktail, according to your, to your pee. You know how Trump really... You could really count on him. When it comes to analyzing someone's pee, Trump's your man. I know all about that trip to Russia he made. You know, when you think about labs and, and drug cocktails and pee, you think of Trump. Right? So... Anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Trump Network vitamins that not, that don't get as much play as the rest of Trump's scams. For some reason, I think they're the best. Really, that goes to show you what all, all he they don't get as much play as the stakes, as the sham university, the sham veterans charity that that his whole family, what kind of a scumbag family has to be court-mandated to a seminar on how not to rip off a charity? Disgusting. What are you doing? Shannon just sent me a click, uh, a link to something. Someone sent me a link. Someone sent a link tonight. Sugar bear, someone sent me a link, and it won't open. Okay. Um, some of it is likely shaped by the fact that mo the most serious outbreaks so far in the U.S. have been contained in urban areas on the coasts, a pattern that may not hold for long. Of course it's not going to hold. It's in Louisiana, because it's, I think that Louisiana is the third, um, the, uh, as far as the outbreaks are concerned, I think it's, well, it's here in New York, 
New Jersey and Connecticut and Louisiana is going through the roof because they had Mardi Gras. They did the Mardi Gras celebration despite the fact that the goddamn coronavirus was all over the goddamn place. They were having a Mardi Gras too. Coronavirus was partying up in that bitch like it was 1999. So, Catherine Vincent Croson. A 35-year-old self-defense instructor from Slidell, Louisiana, has watched in horror this month as business around her city were forced to close by state degree. Decree, not degree. A devotee of Anne Rand. She, I mean, honestly, this one, she should take one for the team. Vincent Krausen told me Louisiana's shelter-in-place order was a frightening example of government overreach. Well, go out. Go out, Vincent. Get together with all your Ayn Rand friends. Have an Ayn Rand book party. You can read Ayn Rand's diary where she sings glowing praises of William Allen. Is it Aaron or Aaron Hickman? the child rapist and murderer who Anne Rand calls a real man free of the concern of uh, that others have fear free, free of the burden of having concern for other human beings. That's your hero. Alan Hickman. Wait, wait, wait. And, uh-oh, here comes Howard Jr. Jr. again. <laughs> I can see him in the corner of my eye. There he is. He's like, he slinks up, getting ready to pass. You want to come up? Of course you do. You're a good boy. <laughs> You're a good boy. You are a good one. Hey, hey, I want you to sit, though. I want you to sit. Look. Look, everybody say hello. <laughs> I know. Ah. ah. You just have to sit like this, okay? So people can see you. How's that? Better? Is that okay? What do you think? Are you okay? Ugh. How's that? Is that okay? All right. Mishy. Where the hell was I? It feels very militaristic, she said. It's like, I'm like, what the hell is this? 1940s Germany? Yeah, of course. Because trying to save your useless Anne Rand acolyte ass from dying from a virus is just like 1940s Germany when... Your fellow, uh, where fellow citizens were rounded up, stripped of all their property, their dignity, their humanity, and marched into, uh, into uh, an execution chamber. Just like that. But when we spoke, she seemed even more aggravated by the self-righteous people on social media who spend their time publicly shaming anyone who isn't locked in their house. It really reminds me of my kids who tattle on their siblings when they do something bad. She said, I'm a libertarian, which means she's a dumb bitch. 
in normal people speak. That's what that means. That, that might as well be the definition. A dumb, fantastical bitch attached to ideas that really have absolutely no business being anywhere near a mature and functioning brain. I really don't like being told what to do. Okay, yeah, because you're such an individual. We know that. Who wants all of the benefits of civilization, but want nothing to do with any of the responsibilities that we have with any, any other person. You know, the center of the universe. Like a child. Like an infant. Infants, they usually grow out of that stage in development where they, they think they're the center of the universe. That's uh, one of the stages of maturity. All right, honey. Are you getting up or down? All right, down. Down, then. We'll go for down. <sighs> I really don't like being told what to do. Well, then go out. Please, I don't get it. What are you doing? No one has a gun to your head. Go the fuck out. No one's stopping you from going over your friend's house and having an Ayn Rand book party, if you can read. Right? Am I wrong here? I'm trying to, I wrote an article, actually, about Ayn Rand a long time ago. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, yes. A couple of articles. Let's see. While we're on the subject. Psycho killer gets real man status in Ayn Rand's narcissistic worldview. It is often said, I wrote this article in back in 2010, it is often said that if you really want to know someone, meet their friends. With this truth in mind, it turns out that, not surprisingly, cult philosopher of the right-wing and libertarian crowd, Anne Rand, was a big fan of the disgusting sadist William Edward Hickman, who kidnapped and dismembered a 12-year-old girl in 1927. In her journals, Rand glowingly wrote that Hickman quote, is born with a wonderful free light consciousness resulting from the absolute lack of social instinct or heard feeling. He does not understand because he has no organ for understanding the necessity, meaning, or importance of other people. Other people do not exist for him, and he does not understand why they should. Now that's a real fucking normal person, right? who you want to construct an entire political philosophy around. Yeah, sure. Okay. Normal Americans, parentheses, non-Republicans, spent the past year bearing witness to the clutches of teabaggers protesting health care, of all things, while waving various signs extolling and Rand philosophies, believing themselves to be the atlases who would be sure to shrug off the burdens that the unwashed masses inflict on their superiority when they dare demand a society that works for everyone. But truth be told, these teabaggers themselves are often the very humanity of mud to be ground underfoot 
quote unquote, and the fuel to be burned, quote unquote, that Anne Rand assigned to the working class. Yeah, that's what, isn't she a lovely person? This is the Anne Rand, the same Anne Rand that Clarence Thomas makes all of his, his fucking interns read, and Paul Ryan. All these Republicans, they give Anne Rand to their, these White House or their Senate and, uh, and uh, so, what do you call it, uh, Supreme Court interns. They give them, they give them uh, Anne Rand as required reading. A sociopath. It's ridiculous. Honestly, you do not frame a society around the ramblings of a sociopath. But that's Republicans for you. Okay. Anne Rand herself, speaking of, has been called a textbook sociopath characterized by self-preoccupation as well as an unapologetic lack of empathy. In fact, a commitment to selfishness and a rejection of altruistic behavior are elevated to the height of morality in her worldview. Much like today's right-wing bloviators with an elevated sense of self-importance, Rand considered herself one of the greatest philosophers of all time. Just like Twitler now. He's the greatest, right? No one's ever seen. The best he's ever seen is rich. Rich, he's really, really rich. No one's ever seen. Recommending the three A's. Aristotle, Aquinas, and Anne Rand. That's what she said. This is Anne Rand herself recommending the three greatest philosophers. She said she would recommend to people Aristotle, Aquinas, and Anne Rand. It's quite disturbing to think that many of the elite shaping policy today attach themselves to Rand's objectivism, quote-unquote, described by author and one-time objectivist Michael Prescott as, quote, an ethics of rational self-interest from which any altruistic motives or duties are excluded. There follows a, def- there follows a defense of pure laissez-faire capitalism. It should be called laissez-faire, that's true. Um, the only socio-economic system that gives free reign to profit-seeking selfishness, reason, egoism, individualism, capitalism, objectivism, in a nutshell. It is easy to see why Republican philosophies, philosophy would attract sociopaths. Elevating malignant narcissism as a political philosophy is a way of justifying self-serving malevolence, antisocial uncharitableness and downright unkindness even glorifying it and ran ideologues include alan greenspan who publicly stated that his job was to create worker insecurity yes that's the truth you can look that one up too as a way of keeping the serfs from rising up against their sovereign lords, and whose supply-side, quote-unquote, economics fraud has plunged the world towards yet another Republican Great Depression while making a handful of people filthy rich. Clarence Thomas, who assigns Rand's The Fountainhead as required reading for all his law clerks, and, and Rush Limbaugh, who rails against pro-social behavior, such as community service, as something only to be engaged in by society's losers. Can you believe these fucking... Dis- I was going to call them pigs, but pigs wouldn't do something. They wouldn't act like this. Pigs are charming. Pigs contribute to society. Not like Republicans. 
Glenn Beck, who also encourages his followers to continue contributing nothing to society, and whose 9-11 March on Washington was partially sponsored by the Ayn Rand Center for Individual Rights. Normal people, otherwise known as non-Republicans, view Rand's affinity for a self-serving, child-murdering, and dismembering psychopath as a real man as a window into a, a dark mind. At the most, to be analyzed, not emulated. I'm sure this disturbing revelation will trigger a mass road to Damascus moment for her followers, quite the contrary. No doubt they will reach into the bag of Republican dirty tricks and pull out the old standard of justification by any means, most commonly by attacking the messenger. Far be it for the right-winger to abandon their sick philosophy when, according to their self-serving pathology, society is, suppo- is supposed to adjust itself around their sick philosophy. It's a safe bet that we would never find a highly evolved person singing the superior praises of selfishness and the virtues of, ch- of a child-murdering sociopath whose crime is far more heinous than these words can describe. Read Mark Ames' article for more about Ayn Rand's sick mind and the entire account of William Hickman's gruesome crime here. And I link to his article, which it's really a disgusting, disturbing article because he explains everything that that um, Ayn Rand wrote about, but also describing Hickman's crime in, gor- in gory details that uh, it was kind of, um, uh, I wouldn't say the crime of the century, but one of these crimes where everybody knew about it. Um, he tormented William, uh, um, William Hickman kidnapped this poor girl. His, her father was wealthy and he murdered her because he wanted to murder someone. He wanted to feel what that felt like. But, and then he tormented this, this person, this poor father, telling him that the daughter was alive, but he had dismembered her. I mean, this is disgusting. I don't even want to tell the story because if you have a weak heart or or squeamish, please don't just turn down this show for the next 10 seconds. But he dismembered this poor child, put her back together, and he drove up in the car with the dismembered fake uh, body. The body was put together in it so the father would think that the child was still alive. That's how disgusting it was. Then he took this man's money so to exchange for the daughter and only after when Alan Hickman was running away laughing did this poor father understand that his daughter had been murdered and br- brutally murdered and he he played with this poor father, sick sociopath. And this the, to know that story, and to understand that that's the hero, Anne Rand wrote about as a real man, free of the concern of other human beings. He murdered a child because he thought it was fun. Taking someone's life, that's the ultimate 
in uh, being a real man, according to Anne Rand, free of the burden of altruism, of caring about what other people think. Other people do not exist for him, and he doesn't see why they should. That's Anne Rand, who said that altruism was evil. Selfishness is the highest moral value, and that's who... Supreme Court justices of this sick-ass country are requiring their impressionable young interns to read. You don't emulate a society around a sociopath, obviously. But that's what they want because they, they ne- it's never enough. Other people don't exist for them? Of course not. And they don't see why they should? We're living in that reality. Nobody exists but them. They want, and even from the the highest executives in the halls of power to the dumbest Trump and Z on a line in a in a supermarket, they think they're the center of the universe. They want all the benefits of society, but none of the responsibilities that we have to each other. There, I, I, I prove it every week. With with uh, actual with articles with examples, this is what we talk about every week. If only they would get help for their manias instead of inflicted on society. They could go go right ahead. That's why I say please, go get together, hang out with each other, break all the quarantine rules. Do it. Do us a favor. So to finish up this article that I wrote back in the day, it's a safe bet we would never find a highly evolved person singing the superior praises of selfishness and the virtues of a child-murdering sociopath whose crime is far more heinous than these words can describe. And I, that's, uh, I'm repeating myself. But personally, here's the final paragraph. I hope that the right-wingers make good on their threats and go John Galt on us. This is a reference to an Ayn Rand character in Atlas Shrugged who triggers the collapse of society by simply refusing to work. You know, he's one of these elites. He's going to shrug. And won't we all be sorry? Unlike when the proletariat strikes, the Galt-inspired rich go on strike and the whole world comes tumbling down. No, that's how you know it's a work of fiction. More than a work of fiction, Ayn Rand's tome is a nod to the inflamed sense of self-importance conservatives have. Their malignant narcissism actually convincing them that the rest of us freeloaders, quote-unquote, and parasites can't survive without them. Let these twisted souls convince each other that they are the pivots that turn the Earth's access, but we must never reorganize society to suit the sickest among us. But please, please, go Galt. I, I hope they go Galt. I hope that they go Galt and... Get together and, and shake each other's hands. Congratulate each other for going Galt. I remember there was another, there was a Trump and Z rally. Well, I think this is when they were teabaggers. They weren't Trump and Z's yet. 
and some, I could probably find it. One of these fucking idiots was holding a sign. They, and I think this is a common sign. Who is John Galt? This is who these fucking idiots think they are. Who is John Galt? And just some dumb bastard, some dumb fucking pleb who works for a living. Some idiot who, you know, like us, trades time in their day for a little pittance of pay while the most of the economic gains that we make possible through our work get funneled to the top. And this fucking idiot is going around, who is John Galt? Look, you're John Galt. Go the fuck Galt, then go. Go. Please go. But by all means, go. Go. Have your coronavirus chickenpox party. Get together. Don't let us liberals tell you what to do. Go and get together. Violate all the rules of social distancing. Do you think we care? I only care if you infect your morality and your sickness on the rest of us. But stay inside. When you get sick, just stay the fuck home. You don't want to... There should be no normal person should have to deal with your shit. Have to put themselves in danger because you're a douchebag. Take your lumps. But of course you won't. Because you're cowards. That's who they are. They are marked by their ignorance, their cowardice, their inability to see reality through the fucking trees. Hello. (laughs) I'm looking at you now. I haven't been paying attention to the chat room. I want to say hello, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, God. I want to say hello, Jabber Monkey, Paradu, Darth Clippant, Darth C. Beant, Steven, Terry, Greg, Paradu, Antonia, Patricia, of course, Mark C. Els. Greg, you guys, uh, Sin City, Resist, Evolve. If you are on any other platform, please come on over and join us on the YouTube chat. Hello, Steve. And if I missed anybody, say hello. Make sure you like this shit. Make sure you share this Shit. I know, I touched my nose. This, I don't need to practice social distancing to myself. I'm in the house. I went. I washed my hands. I went out today. You got to be careful, of course. I went out to buy some food. I got my food, and I washed everything. I washed my face. I took a shower. So I'm okay. I can touch my nose. Now I can. 
All right. There's other things going on I wanted to talk about. I'm looking at the time. I didn't want to do like another. I I, I didn't want to be up until 11 o'clock. I wanted to get to bed a little early, but you never know. It's already nine. What time did I start the show? 730. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see. One thing couple of things. What did I want to talk about? I'm asking you. Why am I asking you that? Um, yeah, they, a couple of things. I was watching MSNBC today. We're going to, we're going to eviscerate them now because it's sickening. I kind of did a little preview before because I couldn't help it, but let me just play a couple of things that pissed me off. Of course, the Twitler. Why? Why? Why are we being dragged through the manias every day? Why? What does he add to the conversation? What does it matter that that oh we have to break in? Oh, I'm sorry, we're breaking in. Twitler starting his press conference. This was in the press conference today. Do you think tweeting about it will help prevent that from happening? Or it's, social media. it's social media. It gets out. I have, you know, hundreds of millions of people, number one on Facebook. Did you know I was number one on Facebook? And I just found out I'm number one on Facebook. I thought that was very nice for whatever it means. No, it represents something. And yeah, what does it mean? When I can explain to people, just don't do it. You know, it's going to be bad if you do. It's going to be really bad. And they don't need to do it. They have enough problems. Iran has enough problems without doing that. But we've been pulling back very substantially over the year, last year in Iraq. And uh, so, you know, that's the way it is. Why? What the fuck was that? I'm number one on Facebook. What does that mean? I'm number one on Facebook. First of all, we all know. Well, here's one thing. I don't know if you guys know, or maybe you do. Trump has a lot of fake followers. He's really triggered by the fact that Obama has m many more Twitter followers than, than he has. Let me see. Obama. He has like nine... 900 million or something? Yeah, he has 115 million followers. Trump has a lot of followers, but he has a lot of fake... He has 75 million followers. Now, let me show you. I can... Let me put this on here. I can show you my screen. Okay. He has a lot of fake followers. How can you tell? Here's a fake follower. Joined March 2020. Zero followers. Here's another one. Joined March 2020. Zero followers. He fucking buys followers. Here's one. They're all over. Joined April 2020. That's today. Zero followers. This is, I, I just turned it on. Turned on his, who's following. Of course he has real followers, but look, March 2020. All of these people joined in March 2020. They just happened to join on the same day. Ah, 
He just jumped down and pulled my headset off. Hello, hello. Okay. They they join on the same day? March 2020. Zero followers. And they have no followers? They have no avatars? No tweets except they love Donald Trump. Joined April 2020. So many new new people. Donna L three three nine eight seven six seven nine. Wow. Who the fuck is that? Is that a real person? No. September. Okay, that's September 2019. I don't know that the jury's out on that. This is another one. September 2019. Five followers. Come on. This is fake. There's lots and lots of fake followers. He must... I, I, let me see. Let's see if we could do a Twitter audit. There must be something. Hmm. Twitter audit of real Donald Trump. Let's see what happened. Oh, forbidden. Why? But come on. That's how pathetic he is. He, you could buy Twitter followers. Look, we could do it right now. If we, I'm not going to buy them. I'm just saying buy. But that's what he does. Buy Twitter followers. And that's why he got all pissed off that all of a sudden, one day, because Twitter went through and they eliminated a lot of fake accounts. They got they had some kind of, I don't know how they did it, but they, this was not too long ago. They figured out whatever, how to figure it out, and they got rid of these fake accounts. And Trump was tweeting, oh, I lost so many followers, and... The conservatives are under attack on Twitter. These were fake fucking accounts. They're fakers. That, it, that's all a scam. That's all that matters to Twitter. I'm number one on Facebook. You can, find, you can buy Facebook followers too. But even with all his bought followers, he's, he's not even near. He's not in the triple digits. He's not near Obama. 75.7 million followers there this is the thing that's the the corporate media sucks too because they mention twi- twitter's twitler's followers they'll say oh he has a following of 75 million people but why are they saying that why don't they say he's got many fake followers why don't they say there are fake followers on Twitter's Twitler's account. And you know what I mean? You talk about fake news. Why are they reporting that Twitter, that Twitler, excuse me, has 75 million followers when I, you, we, all you got to do, you don't have to be a crack White House press reporter. All you got to do is be somebody with a little bit of, uh, who's not that dumb, and goes into tw- Trump's followers and know know a little bit about Trump that he is a needy little fucking tiny little malignant narcissist with a fragile ego 
and you could be on the case just like us. All you had to do was click his his link to his followers and do a little digging. It doesn't take long and say, hmm, why is it that all of these accounts were created today? How odd. And why isn't it malpractice, journalism malpractice, for the corporate media to report that he has 75 million followers because it's not true. So who's, who's fa- spreading fake news? They are. Look, April 2020. So many accounts. All of, I, I mean, we're on the first page. And out of, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. Let me show you what I'm looking at. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So sixteen of that's all we can see on one frame here. Sixteen accounts. One, two, three, four, five. So five out of the sixteen accounts. That's only the ones I could just pick out. I bet you some of them are fake. Let's see, who's this? Look. Fake, zero followers. This is, look, why are they all Asians, too? That's another thing. April 2020. Come on, Molly Arnold. These are fake. That's, that's, that's not just five accounts. That's seven. Let's go through them all. There's... Joined 2017. Okay, that's probably real. Let's see. An Indian. 2015. Okay, probably real. These are the first three. This one's out. I'm uh, a little bit... Hmm, I don't know. Catherine Mattel. They have no followers. Okay, here. This is definitely fake. One. That's number one. This is fake. That's two. Fake. Another April 2020. That's three. And it has an avatar. That's Some of them have avatars, too. They don't all have to be. There are different fake follower companies. And some, they create these accounts. They harvest pictures from all over the web. They put phrases together that make no sense. Here, look. Zero followers joined March 20th. I mean, March 2020. So out of the first... Out of the first seven, four are fake. This is real. That's eight. So four out of eight. Nine. Five out of nine. Fake. It's unbelievable. So, come on. Another fake one. It's ridiculous. I I mean, yeah, he's buying fake followers, of course. But am I getting crazy about this for no reason? No. This means something. This should be reported. What if Obama had fake followers? What do you think the right-wingers would do? You think this is okay? Is it normal for the so-called president of the United States to buy followers? 
and to pretend that he has more followers than he actually has. Where's he getting the money for the fake followers? What fake follower accounts does he use? What services? Why does the corporate media report that he has oh he has such a big account, such a big platform of fake fucking followers? Give me a break. So every time I hear on the corporate media, they'll say, oh, and they tweeted it out to his 75 million followers, I yell out, fake followers. Half are fake, I bet you. At least half. Why don't they report that? I don't know. That would seem like kind of news that the stinking eggshell, fragile, malignant narcissist buys followers. Really? Oh, brother. What was I playing? Let me see. Okay. A couple of things. Oh, this annoyed me. I just wanted to play this. I grabbed this off of of uh, MSNBC because it pissed me off. So I want to play it. Let me see if you can figure out why it pissed me off. Because the fact is uh, that it is one industry, the hospitality industry, the restaurant industry is one that has taken a hard hit. And that does end up trickling down to workers who earn uh, hourly wages, tips and minimum wages and sometimes less than that. Okay, it's not just them. Think about the trickle down. Think about the linens, the farmers, the wine suppliers, the fishermen. Uh, Think about all of those ancillary businesses that are going to get hurt. Not just them. Think about the trickle-down. Okay. Fuck you. I'm sorry for my cursing. Are you kidding me? Why in the span of 30 seconds, two of these corporate media mouthpieces talk about trickle-down? Think about the trickle-down. What the fuck is trickle-down? It's voodoo bullshit, but now it's in our zeitgeist. It's in the lexicon of the American psyche. Think about the trickle-down. This irritates me beyond belief because it's like, how much do you have to hate yourself to think that, to to be trickled upon? Think about the trickle-down. How dare you? Promote that. How dare you promote trickle down as a thing? Trickle down, uh, uh, it's it's not even, I, I know what she's trying to say, that yeah, well, it's uh, a domino effect. One business affects another. If one business closed, that affects other uh, ancillary businesses that are attached to it, of course. Yes, but what is this trickle down shit? Trickle down says you don't have any dignity. You don't have any value. That you accept a trickle. You think that's okay. What about the trickle down? She's validating this voodoo bullshit that is bullshit. Think about the trickle down. Fuck you, trickle down. I don't want a trickle. We deserve more than a trickle, you dumb bitch. Trickle down. Think about the trickle down. We need... Um, it's not, uh, what's a trickle? If you're, if you're dying of thirst, you don't say, can I have a trickle? We need, uh, sustenance. What are you talking about? Think about the trickle down. 
You think about the trickle-down Stephanie rule and stop peddling bullshit. We've been trying to think about the trickle-down for generations. How many more generations do we got to think about the trickle-down? Until you stop pretending that trickle-down is nothing more than uh, an attack on democracy. That's all it is. And it's nothing but wrapping the veneer of, of legitimacy around voodoo economics that are aimed at destroying the much too uppity working class. And then you say, think about the trickle down. What is trickle down? How much do we hate ourselves to accept a trickle? To say, oh yeah, that's all we want, a trickle. Think about the trickle down. And it goes, it's just in the way of conversation. And that's how all of that Republican voodoo has legitimacy. They validate it by using that, that, uh, by using those terms. They give it legitimacy. And it's going to trickle down. Trickle? Fuck you, trickle. We want a fire hose. We want a waterfall, a deluge. A trickle down. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for the trickle. Thank you for the crumbs. <sighs> Think about the trickle down. Shut up. Stephanie rule. Trickle. I got a trickle down for you. Here's another thing that irritated me. <laughs> I shouldn't be... I should be better. I should be a nicer person. Besides everything else that irritated me. But this irritated the hell out of me. Maybe you find it nice. I don't know. But I'll explain why I got annoyed. Here we go. Margay, New York City is a city full of um, innovators, and one of our city's innovations is this 7 p.m. celebration of our first responders. I have seen it more times than I can remember, and it still reduces me to tears every time. Are you, are you there for that? What is it like? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely there for that. I'm, I'm participating. Um, I live in Brooklyn, and I've gotten to know more of my neighbors in the past few weeks, frankly, than I have <laughs> in the past three years I've lived here. Uh, we open our window, and uh, you, know, you can hear the applause. And actually, the other day, I kind of shouted afterwards. I said, everybody have a good night. And people shouted back at me uh, and said, you too, have a, you know, have a good night and uh, be safe. It's a sense of camaraderie that we really desperately need right now. And I just want to say as well, this is about the first responders, uh, certainly, the doctors, the paramedics and EMTs, the um, nurses, but it's also about the other um, really critical workers that we hadn't really thought about um, and the role that they play. Yeah, in our you lives, haven't thought um, about the them. delivery people who are risking their lives, many of whom are, are immigrants, mm -hmm. to bring food to our doors and groceries to our doors. Um, the, the folks who are staying open to, to man, man the grocery stores um, and, and really just kind of sharing an experience in, in any way that we can. People who live in cities want to be together. They like other people. Um, and it, mm -hmm. it's just a way for us to try and stay connected. 
You know, Mara, I'm oh. so glad you brought that back. Senator Kamala Harris just talked about social distancing, not meaning emotional distancing. Okay, okay. We don't need to continue with this. The, uh, I Okay, it's wonderful. Isn't it wonderful how people respect the first responders? They say, thank you, first responders. She's, it, it's, this irritated me because it's this another... It's another nothing that means absolutely nothing. It's sort of like change we can believe in. Oh, isn't it great? Yay. First response. Thank you, first responders. Well, then why don't we pay the first responders more than 16 effing dollars an hour? And this is what I was talking about earlier in the show. Why doesn't Nicole Wallace translate her... Or, or transform or extend her appreciation to using her platform to advocate for living wages, retirement security, for everyone to have a decent middle-class life, to be paid a living wage. Oh, thank you. We're so appreciative of the delivery people. Or we're so appreciative that Nicole Wallace will get on her megaphone platform, her much too amplified platform, to say absolutely nothing, to to go off against Medicare for all, to promote bullshit that keeps the rich richer, that keeps the poor down, that keeps the middle class slinking below 50% of the population. She won't use her platform to actually uh, appreciate change, she'll be wearing a pink scarf on the set, but that's as much as they'll do. They won't do anything to actually show appreciation. My father used to say when somebody said, oh, I said at work, oh, I got uh, whatever. I got, I got um, my boss really thanked me for something at work or whatever, and he'd say, well, tell him to put it in an envelope. And, you know, obviously that means, yeah, you really appreciate me? Pay me. Pay me. What do you mean you appreciate? This is Nicole Wallace, who is all about Joe Biden, who has a health care plan that still leaves 10 million people with nothing in the midst of a pandemic, who proclaims that he'll, he'll veto Medicare for all. So... I'm sick of this, of, of these uh, well-meaning, oh, these, oh, how wonderful, how appreciative are we of you? Well, show it. Don't tell me. Show me. Why aren't you using your platform and say, oh, what a wonderful, every, I, I, it brings a tear to my eye. You know what brings a tear to my eye? Knowing that I am living in a country where one-third of the American people can't retire. That makes me very tearful. You know what brings a tear to my eye? Knowing that this country, we don't have paid sick leave. Why isn't she talking about that? Why isn't she telling um, all of her elite uh co-conspirators in the ivory tower that you know what maybe we can really show some appreciation here by using our much too amplified platforms to push for policies that really show appreciation that people can retire where emt workers in in this new york city on the front lines are making living wages 
instead of 16 effing dollars an hour. Nobody can eat your applause, Nicole. Give me a break. Your applause doesn't put a roof over their head or doesn't give them retirement after a lifetime on the front lines. It makes me sick, these people. The fake feckless. Oh, she's the first one who'll tell you how offended she is about Twitler. You know, she. well, I know she's a Republican, but, you know, the, I'm sick of it. These fake Dems, all of this, this pandering, this nothing, meaningless gestures. Show us. And then they got a nerve to attack Bernie, these mother effers. If it wasn't for Bernie, the EMTs wouldn't even be making $16 an hour. They'd be making minimum wage, which now in New York City, it's $15 an hour. They make a dollar over the minimum wage. They would be making $8 an hour, the EMTs. But she got your appreciation. How, how wonderful, milady. Give me a break. And the same thing for Kamala Harris. That's because she was referencing Kamala Harris was on her show. And they were saying, here's, let me just play it. Senator Kamala Harris, I hope that we can call on you often. People are scared, and yours is a reassuring voice in these stunning times, and your state is doing a lot of... Oh, go ahead. On that point, I just want to remind everyone, right, so social distancing is important, not emotional distancing. Oh, thank you. Let's remember that this is a moment where we have people who are... Yes, because we're in this together, aren't we? Except for Medicare for All. Uh, Let's reach out to our single friends. Let's reach out to our neighbors, people Mm -hmm. who are alone. I find that I'm not texting as much. I'm picking up the phone and calling people more. Uh, There is, you know, the mental health... Because we know they're home. I'm I'm doing that, too. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it's so great to hear a voice. You know, it's so great to listen to that laugh instead of LOL, right? I know. That's what I we know. need. I that's know. That's such need. a good point. Right? It sure yeah. is. What are you doing? You wanna sh- are you streaming I'm anything? Cooking. Reassuring? I'm are you cooking? Oh, my God. Doing? I've been watching the Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can only watch one episode at a time. It's just it's a little too much. I think the reason that it's so appealing is because what could be more you know outrageous than than what we are experiencing well that right it's um it's the only thing scarier it's it's it's, you know what's scary scary, bitch but 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 let's just getting fucking cancer is scary and not having health insurance that's what's goddamn scary you know uh kamala harris says that i think her 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 mother died of cancer i don't know um, she, she tweeted, testing for coronavirus and treatment needs to be free, period. All these, all these wine cave Dems, all these Joe Biden endorsers are all coming out of the woodwork. Testing for coronavirus and treatment needs to be free, period. Oh, except what about, what about cancer? Does cancer, does somebody with cancer deserve Treatment for free and testing. What, why not cancer? Do they deserve it? 
How about diabetes? Nope, nope, just coronavirus. Only this politically expedient disease that, uh, of course, we're all for Medicare for all, for now, for coronavirus, just for coronavirus, end of story. I, I've never seen so much bullshit in my life. Ex- I mean, honestly, I don't know. Um, give me an effing break. And the fact that the, the last thing I really want to talk about is uh, Bernie was on The View today. And for a little bit earlier, Whoopi was, was trending on The View. I mean, Whoopi on The View, whatever. Whoopi. The word Whoopi was trending on Twitter. And I, it really irritated me because let me just play it if I can get through it without vomiting. Because she wanted to know. She's all pissed off. You see, she's got this righteous indignation against Bernie. Why are you staying in the race, Bernie? You know, because it's all about we got to get around. We got to get behind Joe Biden. We all got to vote blue no matter who, right? We have to push because the DLC DNC is pushing this uninspiring doltard who can't complete a coherent sentence upon us, who has a worse history than Hillary Clinton when it comes to the places that we need to win as Democrats, like NAFTA, CAFTA, all of those places. It's, he, she, he's worse. You see, we didn't have... We didn't have video of Hillary talking about cutting Social Security for decades and decades. We do have that for Joe Biden, though. We didn't have, um, uh, in fact, Hillary, there was more enthusiasm for Hillary as far as her candidacy was concerned than there is for Joe Biden. The enthusiasm gap is more than concerning But, you know, Whoopi wants to know, why isn't Bernie getting out of the race? Because, you see, here's what they're doing to us again. Instead of, it's like 2016. Instead of looking at themselves and saying, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we doing this again to ourselves? Why are we repeating the same mistake? We're pushing a corporate candidate on us. Not only a corporate candidate, but the absolute worst corporate candidate who doesn't have any moral high ground to go up against Trump, except for the fact that he's against Nazis, okay? He, he makes that leap. He really went out on a limb there to proclaim that he didn't like Nazis. Funny enough, though, I think that uh, pretty much every Democrat is going to take that brave stance. But we have... Um, somebody who can't, doesn't have the moral high ground when it comes to NAFTA and CAFTA, free trade, doesn't have the moral high ground on Social Security because he, we know that Twitler's a liar. He's going to come out and say he's going to protect Social Security no matter that he's already said that he'll, he wants to look at it, cut it, right? He, he's looking strongly at it. Doesn't matter, we know Twitter has a very motivated bunch of cult followers who will, who would, you know, get the, eat the coronavirus for him if he told them to. But not Biden. He doesn't have the moral high ground when it comes to sexual assault either. 
So we can't even come after him on that. Because not just uh, uh, Joe Biden has a long history of women coming out of the woodwork saying that he, he uh, is a little handsy. And then some. He doesn't have the moral high ground on many, uh, on all of these pivotal fronts. And he can barely put together a coherent sentence. But Bernie, Whoopi wants to know, he, she's all pissed off. Why are you still in the race? Because we're, it's nothing here. It's all about getting rid of Twitler to these people. They want to get back to brunch. Don't you see? They don't want to be pestered. Whoopi wants to get back to brunch. She doesn't want to think about what's going on in the White House. She wants to wear her pink scarf. She wants to have her corporate-sponsored Earth Day. But she doesn't want to have to think about this shit. While the country continues to go wider and wider as, and as it comes to income disparity, the income disparity between the rich and poor becomes a, an insurmountable gap, a democracy-destroying income disparity and upward immobility. She doesn't want to have to think about that. She wants to think about brunch. Bernie, why are you in the race? Why are you? How dare you? Why don't you throw behind Joe Biden? Maybe because he's a bumbling doltard who can not, and not just can't complete a coherent sentence, but is peddling a health care policy that still lives, leaves 10 million people out in the middle of a pandemic. Because maybe there's more important things here. Whoopi, and if you could see the forest through the trees from the up there in the ivory tower, you would understand that we don't all have to fall in line because the DLCY cave crowd wants to get back to brunch. For fucking sakes. Here's the clip to stay in this race uh, for president because you believe there is a path to victory. Path to I victory. I want to know what that path is. I want to know because I'm a... feels a little bit... This is like... Ah, what is she got? What is she, a fucking troll? Ah, I want to know. I'm the precious. You don't got a path, you see. What's the path? Maybe we want a path to having a freaking democracy. How about we want a path to more than just your applause? Oh, I appreciate. We want a path to retirement, health security, economic security, living wage security, environmental security, banking security. You know what I mean? When you want to... When you hand your retirement funds over to a bankster, you want to have them a, have a fiduciary obligation to you, not just rip you off. You want to have a decent middle-class life security, not just, oh, we got to get Joe Biden in there. You know, I'm going to wear a pink scarf. We want to get back to brunch, Bernie. What's your path to victory? Like it did when you didn't come out 
when uh, Hillary Clinton was clearly well, the person folks were going for. So the person folks were going for. No, unfortunately, what folks went for, they went for an orange parasite. Uh, yes, she received more votes, of course, not in the places that mattered. Folks were going for, unfortunately, yeah, the Democratic establishment was going for it. So, you know, um, it's not folks, because when it comes down to the election, unfortunately, folks aren't all Democrats who get to vote. Not all wine cave Democrats. Hell of a lot of independents vote. And a lot of Republicans vote, too. And we know that Bernie would have won. A lot of folks were going for. What's your path? You know? Well, why don't you ask, what's the path to having a living wage? Whoopi? She's another one. These fucking fake-ass concern trolls. Give me a break. If you really, this is the thing what happened in 2016. If you really want to ensure that Democrats win, then you put somebody up there that can win. Not somebody that the banksters agree they, they want. They don't want the chaos. They want nothing to change. Well, who the fuck is going to vote for that? What's your path? Can you explain why you're still in the race yeah, well, and what this not, path is that well, you I, see? I, I, well, one of the reasons, that's not quite accurate. I worked as hard as I could to, uh, for Hillary Clinton. But the reason... There is a, uh, a, well, but, uh, a path Bernie, just, just so we're clear, you, you worked for Hillary, but it took you a very, very long time. No, it didn't, bitch. It didn't take him a long time. In fact, no one campaigned more for Hillary than Bernie Sanders. And actually, it took longer for Hillary to endorse Obama than it did for Bernie to endorse effing Hillary and go on the road for her and tell his followers to please vote for, sh for, the, for Hillary, even though we, we know what happened. My God. You, it's never enough. They don't see what's going on here. They don't understand. Why would they? These are people that think it's fine that the American people can't retire. They think it's okay. She, you think that Whoopi even spends 20 seconds on the fact that, that Joe Biden has a health care plan that leaves 10 million people out? Do you think that she gives a shit about those people? That those are human beings. And guess what? You wouldn't even care. Maybe one of those human beings will get a communicable disease and there'll be somebody who drives Whoopi's Uber to some uh, press junket. Maybe then she'll care. But they can't take a day off, you see, because even though they feel sick, because they don't have any health care and they don't have sick leave. So, whoopee, we're all connected. And it's not about Bernie. Bernie has done more for this country and the people of this country and has done more for the Democrats 
than Whoopi Goldberg can do in 50,000 lifetimes. What has she done? What has Whoopi done to help anybody? We're sitting here. The, the EMT workers have a $16 wage. They, they would have less. Many workers in this country have $15 minimum wage because of Bernie. They're, we're talking about Medicare for all because of Bernie. Sick leave. Because of Bernie, all of this is on the on the agenda because of Bernie. So much so that even Joe Biden has to pretend. He's got to come up, he's got to dance as fast as he can to come up with an excuse to keep pushing his 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 filthy bankster benefactors, the agenda of them, of his health insurance racketeer masters. Even Joe Biden has to pretend to be progressive when he spent his entire career saying, the liberals in my party want say I shouldn't touch these sacred cows. The liberals in my party. When he spent his, his years in the Senate pre- proclaiming himself uh, outside of the liberals, you know, the sane the one who can work across the aisle, reach across the aisle and send your kids to die in a foreign war of corporate aggression. You know, getting things done. To, to hop in, and your people also, it took a very long time for them to hop in. So uh, when I say that, that's what I'm talking about. You ain't talking shit. Well, I, I don't accept that characterization. But the point is, okay. people have a right. Why are you still in the democracy. race? Why are you still in the people race? People have a right. Last I heard, people in a democracy have a right to vote, and they have a right to vote for the agenda. Yeah, only, there's only 27 America, more states to go. Very, very difficult moment. We are assessing our campaign, as a matter of fact, where we want to go forward. But people in a democracy uh-huh. do have a right to vote, mm-hmm. and right now. In this unprecedented moment in American history, I think we need to have a very serious discussion about how we go forward. And one of the things that I am working on with other members of the Senate and Congress is a new stimulus package, which not only makes sure that all of our people in this crisis have health care, but also that they continue to receive their paycheck. We have got to understand where we are at. And right now is April 1st. I, I gotta get in possible. here. There are you can of hear her. You can hear her. Cannot <laughs> pay the yes. But, but, but wouldn't but, it be smarter for you to continue on that path to have... make sure that gets done? Look at her fucking face. Shut well, the F up. Our nature of our. I'm sitting in my house right now. I'm not holding the time in Wisconsin because of the nature of campaigns. But right now, what I am primarily focusing on with other members of the Congress, is a new corona, what we call the coronavirus 4 stimulus package, which will guarantee that every worker in America continues well, to receive couldn't give his a shit about that. That states and cities get the kind of revenue they need to take, maintain well, their payroll. Why would Whoopi care about that? She wants Joe Biden. They have got to do. What I am very worried about so is, is that people is to stay cannot in, afford yes. to... Stay in, yes! But, you know... 
Your plan I just is to stay. What a dumb bitch. Well, for the fourth time. You're assessing. We are assessing. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, I had I got enough. I can't. I can't. I gotta go to brunch. I can't think about this. You're taking up all these Joe Biden's time. You know, Joe Biden. Here, let's have some Joe Biden for you. You know how he's uh he's so uh he's the best we got now, right? It's just the best we got in these times to go up against Twitler. And by the way, you know I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. <laughs> yeah, that's what we got. That's the best they got. That's your Democratic Party. They would rather have some incoherent doltard who will leave millions behind, who, will, who promises banksters nothing will change, who has a history not just of the same horrible, uh, the same baggage that Hillary had that lost her, the, the Democratic strongholds of Wisconsin, the, the places that they took for granted. They, not just that, they have somebody who is worse, who you can't even have the, uh, the excitement of voting for the first female president. They, uh, they don't even have that. And we've done, not just we, they've done studies, a, a very alarm, alarming reality is that Joe Biden... He's, uh, as far as when it comes to the enthusiasm gap, the, let me see this, hold on, Biden. It's pretty much, it's pretty bad. Here, oh wait, I'm just looking at something here. Just over half of Biden supporters say they made their minds up. Okay. Just over half of voters who say they intend to support former Vice President Joe Biden in the presidential election say their minds are made up, according to a new poll, a potentially worrying sign for Biden as he works to gin up support ahead of a likely election matchup with President Trump. Grinnell po- College National Poll released Wednesday showed that the 55% of likely voters who said they would back Biden, say their minds are made up, while 43% say they could be persuaded to support a different candidate. Trump holds much, a much s- stronger sway over his supporters. In the poll, with 82% of likely voters saying they will cast their ballot for Trump, saying that their minds are set, only 17% say that they are persuadable. Still, Biden fares better than Bernie Sanders, over whom he has developed a virtually insurmountable delegate lead in the Democratic primary. 50% of Sanders supporters say their minds are made up, while 44% say they can back someone else. The former vice president holds a 47% lead over Trump in a hypothetical, a 47 to 43% lead in a hypothetical matchup, a four-point advantage 
that is just beyond the poll's margin of error. Well, we all know that on election day of 2016, Hillary Clinton had a 95% chance of becoming president. I remember seeing that on the on the Huffington Post. They had the uh, the statistics according to 538. And honestly, I don't know why anybody listens to that 538 poll again. Really, why? Why are we listening to that poll at all? Why is anybody listening to him after that and complete embarrassment a 90% chance 95% oh here's another uh, uh, this is in common dreams <clears throat> so it's a poor omen just 24% of Biden supporters say they're very enthusiastic less than half of Trump's 53% while Republicans voters uh, vote for what they believe, no matter who, how extreme. Democratic voters are perennial, perennial, I can't talk, perennially playing themselves, voting for what they think other people want. This is from Common Dreams by Julia Conley. Even as former Vice President Joe Biden solidifies his position as the front runner for the Democratic presidential nomination, a new ABC News Washington Post poll shows fewer than a quarter of Biden supporters are very enthusiastic to vote for him. <clears throat> well, that's always wins, right? A historic low for a Democratic candidate in this survey. That's what I mean. A historic low, because at least the last time you were voting for history, you were voting to put a woman in the White House as the president. This time, what do we got? Some old white cracker. So a bankster-owned senator from the MDMA, or whatever. I always say those initials wrong. Senator who promises nothing will change. A history of talking about cutting Social Security. Vote, horrible votes that murdered young Americans in wars of corporate aggression of choice based on lies. Nobody. Who's enthusiastic about this? Nothing's going to change? No one's enthusiastic about this except Wall Street and the insurance racket. They, they're very enthusiastic, so much so that their stocks are on the rise thanks to Joe Biden. That's a telltale sign. He's the one who says in the middle of a pandemic that he'll veto Medicare for all. Oh, well, there's change you can believe in. Meanwhile, 50... Oh, we said this already. 53% of President Donald Trump's supporters say they are very enthusiastic about voting for him. The poll surveyed... 100, I mean, uh, 1,003 Americans and has a margin of error of 3.5 points. Brianna Joy Gray, press secretary to Biden's remaining primary rival, Senator Bernie Sanders, highlighted the fact that the poll follows numerous surveys showing that a majority of Democratic voters are far apart in Biden, from Biden in terms of their views on a number of policy ideas, including Medicare for All, a Green New Deal, and a generous family leave program. 
Biden's campaign has been notable for downplaying key bold and progressive policies like Medicare for All, student debt cancellation and a Green New Deal, and a robust paid family leave policy, all key planks that have energized and excited young voters and uh, others who flock to Sanders. Instead of supporting the candidate who most closely aligns with the majority of voters' views, journalist Branko Marxet, whatever, I don't know, tweeted, Democrats appear to have voted for what they think other people want, resulting in low enthusiasm for the presumptive nominee. By contrast, a CNN survey in January that looked at enthusiasm levels of Sanders, Biden, and Senator Warren supporters found that those backing Sanders were the most excited about their candidate. Sanders senior policy advisor Heather Gauntley tweeted that the latest poll from Washington Post and ABC showed that Biden's campaign must reach out to Sanders supporters and demonstrate a serious interest in passing broader, popular, progressive reforms. That's why he's in the fucking race, you dumb bitch, whoopie, whoopie effing Goldberg. You're a long way from the streets, right, whoopie? Your voice may sound like you're right off of the, right off of the host roll or uh, 110th Street. But you ain't way, you way up in the ivory tower. Half of us, but don't you know? Uh, you left it behind though, right? It's okay. You'll vote for the old white cracker. You'll push him. You'll tell the only person, the actual, the great American, Bernie Sanders, who, it, in the future, trust me. I know the future. Many times I'm not always correct. I know the future in this point. Bernie will be remembered as the great American patriot that he is. Future generations will will appreciate him. What will they say of Joe Biden? Meh. Meh. If he wins, I hope he wins. I do, because as I say, when you're in a hole, stop digging. But... We got a lot of work to do. Even if Joe Biden gets elected, we're not going to brunch. Because we understand what the fucking real problem is. It's those fake Democrats. It's those wine cave Democrats. The ones who say, how are you going to do it? It's too pie in the sky. These are the same Democrats that said that $15 minimum wage was too high in the sky. But you, as you see, when they say, how are you going to pay for it? When you... You pay for what you what you make a priority. We see right now in this coronavirus pandemic, in this emergency, they're not worried about how they're going to pay for it. But don't you make a mistake that they are going to come back. They're going to say, after this is over, well, now you're going to pay. You know how you're going to pay? You uppity plebs, we're coming for your Social Security. Look at who they work for. Who's getting the bailouts? They're haggling and saying they're doing us such a great favor by extending unemployment insurance by $600? Don't tell me uh, they don't have enough. We don't have enough to have Medicare for all, for all illnesses, all the time. 
They're just worried about keeping their insurance benefactors in power. This is the problem. They don't like Bernie pulling their covers and showing just how bought they are. Biden is bought. He doesn't know any other way. He thinks that's okay. We're in this boat because of people like Biden and the Clintons. They put us here. They created this, this divided states of serfs and lords. And now they want us to shut the F up and don't complain about it. And get in line, do what they say. Because having a trickle is the best that they can do. The best we can, we can ever expect. Some will get a trickle. Others will get, eh, better luck next life. But that's the American way. When you peddle a, a policy that leaves 10 million out, he should be embarrassed to propose that kind of health care policy. He should be embarrassed. He should be embarrassed to be running for president again after being defeated twice for plagiarism and then coming into this race plagiarizing again. He should be embarrassed. But how, you know, they don't pay him to be embarrassed. They pay him to peddle their policies and to shut the plebs up. I'm I'm sickened by the whole thing. Every time he he doltards here or there, I can't believe what they've done to us. I don't feel this I didn't feel this way about Hillary. Now I was for Bernie the last time too. But because I understood. I live in reality. I was trying to tell my friends that was f- that were for Hillary in the primary. I was like it's not her time. This is a change election. Look at who they are putting up on the Republican side. They, people are sick of the, uh, of the insiders. You need an outsider. You need somebody who's not bought. But no. They didn't listen to me then. They're not going to listen to me now. We're trying to tell them. We're trying to save them from themselves. We're trying to save Whoopi Goldberg from herself. Why are you still in the race? Why? Oh, you're staying in. Why are you in? I'm really bringing it to him. This is what uh, pissed me off online, too. I was looking at the Twitter feed because they were like, because um, Whoopi was trending. And there were some normal people, and then there were some fake-ass Dems that were like, yeah, Whoopi really brought it to him, really gave it to Bernie. So selfish. Really? Bernie's the selfish one. Bernie. Not the doltard senator from MDNA, the the Iraq war pushing, the uh, Medicare for some peddling, the NAFTA-CAFTA leaving millions behind, nothing will change, the sexual predator. Not him, the plagiarizer. He's not being selfish. He's not being blind. It's Bernie, the one who's not talking about himself. He's not saying, I want a position in your cabinet, Joe Biden. 
He's talking about the policies. He's saying, I, we're, we're fighting so that we have an American dream, that the American people can live a decent middle-class life. We're fighting for these policies that will make a sustainable planet, not the Joe Biden, all of the above bullshit that has us on the verge of inhabitability, whatever the word is, inhabitable, you know, an uninhabitable planet. I'm sick of it. Unbelievable. Shut up, Whoopi. And all of all of these fake ass Dems. Whoopi really showed him, really. Whoopi just exposed how much they don't give a shit. Either way, they win. The Dem, the Wine Cave Dems, they're fine because if Twitler wins, don't worry, it'll be like the last time. I'll be getting a call on the day after Election Day from the Democratic National Committee. Can you give a donation so we can fight? We can fight this Twitler agenda. They win either way. They'll be fine. They have health care. Whoopi has health care. She's got retirement. She's got whatever she wants. But, you know, she's got nothing but applause, though, for the rest of us. Sickening. Unbelievable. Oh, apparently, oh, here's another. Whoopi is currently receiving sexist and racist attacks from Bernie Bros on Twitter. Let's show me another one. I'm so tired of it. Show me, dumb bitch. Where? Where? I'm writing this. This is somebody on Twitter. Where? Got proof? Any examples? Obviously not. Oh, I fucking hate them. I'm so sick of it. Honestly, I really want to not be a Democrat half the time. But I'm a real Democrat, as you are. We're real Democrats. They're not. You Democrats believe in democracy. They believe in leaving no one behind. Any Democrat who's worth his salt or her salt would not propose a health care so-called plan that leaves 10 million behind and says that's success, that's effing success. Please. That's why I want to ask these stupid Democrats, these wine cave sycophants, what is a Democrat? Please, somebody write me at contact at Republican Dirty Tricks. Tell me. Explain this to me. What is a Democrat? What makes Joe Biden a real Democrat? No one has ever answered me. It's the same question I ask. I ask this similar question to Republicans. I ask it all the time. What have Republicans ever done for working people? Ever. Is there, has there ever been a policy that Republicans have promoted or pushed or, or run on or whatever that is not, it benefits working people, period, end of sentence? They, no one has ever answered that question. It's the same thing I pose to the Democrats, the so-called Democrats, the wine cave Democrats. 
what makes Joe Biden a real Democrat as opposed to Bernie Sanders? Tell me. Oh, he has a D after his name. That doesn't mean a goddamn thing. What does that mean? I'm so confused. In my, where I live, in reality, Democrats are people who leave nobody behind. They don't propose kiss-up, kick-down policies that leave 10 million without health care. They don't destroy unions by sending union jobs to low-wage, wage-slave nations without regulation. They don't do things, they don't promote policies that turn the manufacturing belt into the rust belt. They don't deregulate media to the point where we have silos of information. So you have dum-dums out there owning the libs by violating coronavirus social distancing policies. They don't promote the banksters over working people. They don't tell banksters in secret meetings without the press that nothing will change. I don't know. Tell me, is that a real Democrat? Because if that's a Democrat, then... I got to get the F out of this party. Just like the Republicans, if, if, just because it's a, the, the Republicans, this is what they say. Oh, Republicans freed the slaves. What, what have they done in a hundred years for, for human beings that aren't rich? Let's put it that way. I don't know. If you got to go back to 1865. You've really got to, you know, uh, you got to look at yourself. So I want to know. God damn it. What have they done? What is a Democrat? Somebody tell me. Does anybody know? Do the Democrats even know? I like Joe. He's a real Democrat. What does that mean? Is a Democrat somebody that makes excuses for powerful Democrats when they assault women? I don't know. There's a lot, hell of a lot of people saying that Joe Biden um, has, a, has a boundary issue. What's more, what's, what is more outrageous to believe? We were talking about this on the other show, how this, a woman came forward saying that Joe Biden sexually assaulted her. This is not the first time we've heard this. And Joe Biden, he, we've seen him sniffing people's hair. He, doesn't, he has a boundary issue. But what's more outrageous to think that all of the sudden women are coming out of the woodwork? It's not just all of the sudden, by the way. It's been for all the many years we've heard these stories. But... So some, this woman comes forward and uh, they're saying, oh, she's a Russian plant because she wrote something positive about Russia. Okay, what's more, what is more unbelievable, uh, um, a woman coming forward talking about a powerful man is actually a Russian spy or a powerful man got a little uh, handsy 
with someone, used his powerful position to sexually uh, make sexual advances on an underling. I don't know. I don't know what's more. What's more outrageous? It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Thank you, Greg, for your super chat. If we get nine more dollars in super chats, that will mean we got a hundred dollars in super chats tonight. And that is a new Terror Buster record. I'm just saying. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. We will see Tara Jr. Won't we? Won't we? Won't we see you and me, Jr.? Let's see. It's almost time to wrap up the show. This is another three-hour tower buster. What can you do? I like it. I like it. I'm just pissed off. All right. Thank you, Jim. Another $2 from Jim. (laughs) I feel like I'm on the Home Shopping Network now. Or something. Some network. Another... $7, $7, and we got $100. Boom, 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 That would be amazing. Five more dollars, two more dollars. <laughs> two, two, who's got two? Who's got two dollars? Mm. All right, whatever. I'm just saying. Only because we're almost to, I mean, that's like, I'm excited because that's like a new record. That's unbelievable to me. Boom, boom, boom. And it's worth it. I don't know. I say it's worth it. I think it is. It's like if you go to a you go to a comedy show, you're gonna have to get you're gonna have a two drink minimum. And then you're gonna have you know, you're gonna have to pay a cover. Boom, boom, boom. Shannon brought us over the top. Boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. I I, I need something to celebrate. Let me see. Where is my Where is my sound effects? Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. We got Pop was a bad dude. That's not really celebratory. How about this? <laughs> That's good. Or Can you hear that? Let's see. Yes. Or how about this? <laughs> how about... I'm disappointed. I know, Susan. She's disappointed in the Super Chats. Because she doesn't want the liberal media. In, in just the last five or six Trump rallies, you know how many have been Democrats? 18,000. Well, I can tell you that from the rally I went to in Minnesota, that was the case. It was actually 30% at the one I was at. Some people are just born to be slaves. That's right. I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. <laughs> and by the way, you know, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Anyway, guys, 
this has been an amazing, fun time for me. I'm really glad I did the show because, woo-wee, I was, I had a lot of um, anger. A lot of anger. I still do. I have a lot. I just have anger in general because I can't stand where we have to live. We have to cut through all the bullshit. You know what I mean? And what we're up against. Listening to the feckless. Yay. Thank you, self. Uh, I mean, thank you, first responders. Yay. Fuck you. Yay. They're on the front lines. We're so appreciative, aren't we? Except, why doesn't Bernie get out of the race and stop talking about this fair and unequitable system that we have? But where, where we will only applaud and do nothing, do nothing of substance, we can applaud. Well, I'll double down on the applause. I'll applaud while wearing a pink scarf. Yay! Yay! Thank you! Oh, wow! 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 Unbelievable. Anyway. I'm out. Maybe we'll have another show. I don't know. What is what is this? It's, uh... What's he doing? <laughs> He's murdering that... He's murdering that... Get it, get it, kill it. He's playing that murder. Here's what I was finding. I see it sort of in that timeline that I'm thinking about. And I say, wouldn't it be great to have all of the churches full? You know, the churches aren't allowed, essentially, to have much of a congregation there. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday. Welcome, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. And they'll sing, and they'll sing, sing, sing. Easter's a very special day for me. <laughs> All right. What time we got? All right. One more thing. I just wanted to... This annoyed me. One last thing. I keep saying that, right? One last thing. One last, last thing. Here's Mike Pence. Uh, we could have been better off if China had been more forthcoming. I mean, the, the reality is that China's been more transparent uh, with regard to the coronavirus. Oh, yes, China. Certainly they were for, for other infectious diseases over the last 15 years. But uh, what, what appears evident now is that uh, uh, long before the world learned in December that, that China was dealing with this, and maybe as much as much as a month earlier than that, that it, the outbreak was real in China. Right. It's China's fault, you see. It's always someone else's fault. Right? That's the party of personal responsibility. Again, it's China's fault. We didn't know. China was being deceptive, as they are so 
It's just not like them to be deceptive. It's not that we don't have intelligence agencies that informed us of this impending virus coming our way as it was traveling all over the globe. But it's China's fault, you see. It's the party of personal responsibility. They only stick to that motto when they're trying to deny Americans health care or living wages or retirement security or decent lives. Lives. That's the, there's your party of personal responsibility. If only. If only somebody could take responsibility. They never take responsibility. It's someone else's fault. Trump has done everything. Twitler's done it all. Anything, he's, he's, he would have walked on water. And if, uh, I mean, according to, to their, to them, he does walk on water. What am I talking about? But yes, that's it. If only, oh, here, uh, here's another thing. And then they, here's MSNBC discussing that. What do we? What should we expect from him going forward? Then, now that he realizes this is this is going to be a he real, brutal. Oh, he month. finally oh. realizes it. MSNBC. Can you believe this is the news? We're waiting. Look, just like during the 2016 campaign, they have a camera waiting on the empty podium. Remember when they used to do that? When they ignored Bernie and they would wait on Twitler's empty podium. Waiting on Twitter to come out and shit in his pants in front of everyone. But here's Chuck Todd. They're these crack White House and corporate media mouthpieces. These top-of-their-game journalists dissecting the president's tone. Uh, in this country. Chuck, I think he made it clear that his tone is going to be more somber. Um, he was essentially bracing the country for what he described oh, as a yes. very, very painful next few weeks ahead. And, of course, that is informed by those stark figures that we all saw yesterday. The fact that the best case scenario would be 100,000 to 240,000 Americans dying from wow, this Wow, what a tone. And then they Three and oh, all day. Here, Here's almost, another clip. Um, probably dozens of uh, Oval Office gaggles and uh, White House North Lawn uh, pre impromptu press conferences and times where he's come back and talked to reporters on, on Air Force One. Uh, that was an incredibly somber uh, moment for him and for all of us sitting in Are the room. We could me? all certainly uh, feel the seriousness and the gravity of Dr. Bricks presenting uh, these numbers, uh, you know, this sort of graphs laying out the American loss and suffering over the coming weeks um but the day before uh, when we were in the rose garden uh it was almost like an infomercial uh you had the ceo of my pillow was there it was very congratulatory uh the president you know brought out this device from abbott labs and displayed it almost sort of like a, a home shopping network presenter so it was just a complete uh 180 in reverse of tone that we've seen and <laughs> i can only if i hear tone again on MSNBC, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I won't smash my TV because then I won't be able to watch, I don't know what I watch now. What do I watch? Any good shows on? I like to, I watch, uh, I want to watch Last Kingdom when that comes on again. I like The Last Kingdom. I like any show that has, it's, I like history shows where you, 
um, real, based on real history. I enjoy that. Any good shows? Send me some recommendations. I, I like to pretend that I'm not, I, I need to be just, just taken away and the hell out of here for a little bit. You know what I mean? So what did I watch? Oh, I was watching, I've seen that a million times though. I was watching the Tudors, even though that's like, it's very, uh, you know, overacting it feels like, but beautiful, beautiful costumes. And I think Natalie Dormer has made a good Anne Boleyn. She, that was good. And what else do I like to watch? I like The Crown. That's a good show. Netflix. Any any good shows? You can go join us on the Discord page and make some recommendations. This is what we talk about. We get together in between shows through Discord. And, uh, yeah. We share pictures of Tara Jr. Jr. And Francis Jr. Jr. And all our pets. That'll be nice. What else? All right, I had a couple of other things here. Oh, here's another thing that annoyed me. One last thing. One last thing. You know, your campaign put out your, in a critique of, of President Trump and says if he doesn't do these things, you know, he could, he could cost lives. Do you think there's already, do you think there is blood on the president's hands considering the slow response? Look at this shit. Or is that too, too harsh of a criticism? I think that's a little too harsh. I think what's happening is the failure to, as I watched uh, a prelim to your show, where someone said that uh, made made the phrase used the phrase that uh, the president just thinks out loud. What the fuck was that? That's too harsh. This is what I mean. This is why. Where's the fight? That's too harsh. Of course, it's not harsh. It's not harsh enough. This feckless little Nero in waiting was fiddling when Rome was burning. He's the one. He actually didn't know what the hell that was. He tweeted out a picture of him fiddling, saying, I don't know what this means, but I like it. While the virus was coming here, he was fiddling. Well, they should have been stockpiling supplies and making ventilators instead of haggling. Now he's haggling with GM. Like a, like a third-rate Trump hotel bankrupt asshole. Banks, that some bankster has to put on a fucking allowance. Oh, well. Oh, wait. That's what happened. And Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. I think that's a little harsh. Are you serious, Biden? Get Grow a spine. But he can't grow a spine because he wants to be the friends of Republicans. He wants to get things done. You see, like the Iraq war. He wants to get reach across the aisle and make sure that banksters have everything they need while, you know, middle-class Joe does nothing but stave off the very revolution, the revolution we need. The, it's not even a revolution. It's a policy shift that we need for the American, for the uh, representatives to turn this government not into... Not, not, not into an appendage of the affairs of billionaires as it's been, but back into an appendage of the middle class to, that, that creates the middle class, that revitalizes it from the ashes of the working poor. Oh, God. Oh, I think that's a little too harsh. As he's fumbling and bumbling 
and walking off the camera. I mean, this is what we got. It's ridiculous. And why don't you get out of the race, Bernie? Why are you still in it? All right, guys. I need to go lay down and do something. Watch TV. Tune out. Really. I can't even watch. There are many good things on Netflix and other... uh, I just can't watch. I see that Dirty Money thing. I, I saw the episode with Jared Kushner. He's a he's a slumlord. We were talking about this before. There's an article we read from the article. We might revisit it another time. I mean, that's what he did. He They're disgusting people. That's why these Trumpanzies, they're the stupidest dupes that ever walked the earth because they, the, 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 the Twitlers the, and the, the Trump crime family and the Kushner and the Kushner crime family, if they were ever a, a, any, in any way concerned with average people, they're the champions of the working class, the forgotten people, there would be one example, at least one, something, in their entire life. But what they do is kick down on people who can't fight back. That's who they are. They're horrible human beings. And in this Dirty Money that's on Netflix, one of the episodes, I'm glad, I'm glad that they did an episode on it because this was an article, I think it was in, um, I think it was in business, not business, it was in Vanity Fair. There was a very long article about an in-depth expose about about um, Jared Kushner and how he made his money being a slumlord, um, terrorizing tenants who could not fight back, who didn't have the means to fight back. Poor people, people living check to check, people scraping by. This is who they are. They're the worst human beings, the, the, the bullies. They are people who... Sick. This is what Kushner did. He sicked his army of lawyers onto these, uh, on onto these properties. They bought these distressed properties that were that were um, Section Eight housing, rented by people who are on Social Security fixed incomes, people who are poor, getting some kind of social assistance because they're not making ends meet. And we're talking about people like who are working as home health aides. Things like that. You know, the first responders, the people on the front lines right now. And, you know, the applause. Not applause that you'll give enough of a shit about them that you'll spend five minutes on your corporate media platform talking about working to give living wages to every goddamn American on in this goddamn forsaken country. But this is what Kushner did. They buy these distressed properties, and then they they sick their army of lawyers onto the onto on the property and nickel and dime people who cannot fight back, and that's exactly what Twitler did, with with properties in New York, and there's many famous cases about that, and um, I'm happy to report that there was a class action lawsuit against Twitler because he was. Uh, he was engaging in a campaign of harassment against tenants, and the tenants won. There are very strong tenant laws here in New York. But 
this article in Vanity Fair about the different properties that, that Kushner owned. Believe me, Kushner, um, what's her face? Sweatshop Barbie. She married her father. She, t- she certainly did. He's just like her. A scumbag, greedy little kiss-up, kick-down grifter. The worst people. The people that the guillotine was made for, frankly. People like them. And it's time that the working people, the, the, the people of this country who work for a living, stop, um, you know, pining for a trickle and get together and understand that we, this is the time. To, to strike, to leave no one behind. Enough is enough. We are in this together. You want to appreciate? Then you fight. You fight for a living wage, for everyone, for health care, for everyone. Oh, God. All right, my friends. You are... The reason why I get out of bed in the morning. I want to thank you for all your support. A uh, An enjoyable evening. Getting all this shit off my chest. If I don't see you in the next couple of days, we will get together on Saturday, of course, for our regular scheduled gathering, which is 6 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels and anywhere else on Twitter, on uh we also are um, broadcast there and on, what's that other place? Twitch. In the meantime, remember to become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. We need about a thousand more of you, and I think we can get there. In fact, I have no doubt we can get there. Why does this link say it, it's going to, it's so annoying. I'm going on the Discord page, and again, it says, link expires in one day. I always set it to never expire, but then every time I go back, it says expires in one day. I'm posting the Discord link on the chat right now. Please, if you you need the link and it's not working... You can reach out to me at um, contact at republicandirtytricks.com. I'll send you the link. I'll see what the hell is going on. But join us on the Discord page in between shows. And, yeah, like I always say, I mean, I just have to tell you that doing Whoopi Goldblatt's voice has uh, given me a sore throat. (laughs) That's another reason I got to go. I got to go get unconscious. All right, guys, I love you. I really do. I really appreciate all your your support. I wouldn't I wouldn't keep doing this. I I really appreciate hearing from you and getting to know you all. And I am appreciative that you do share the show with your friends and you give the show a good review on iTunes and you share the clips and you tell your friends and if you're on another liberal chat you uh mention tara buster and invite people to join us on our saturday evening shows and we will win this is how we build the community 
This is the liberal media. Thank you, Richard, for another super chat right below. Right comes in right on the under the wire. I really appreciate it, you guys. We will win. The show will eventually get our goal of becoming a daily show. I have no doubt because that's what's needed in this time. Because we are the liberal media. I know. You're looking at it. But we will win. Because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. We stick together. We win. I will see you very soon. <laughs>